You're listening to Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the Ball Game on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. What's going on? And uh, welcome to what we hope is your favorite sports talk radio program, Idaho Sports Talk. We are Prater in the Ball Game right here on KTIK, The Ticket. Appreciate you guys tuning in however way possible. Obviously, this is going to be an interesting edition of Idaho Sports Talk with Boise State losing to Memphis in the first round of the NCAA tournament about an hour ago in Portland. We are live from the KXL Studios, a sister station of ours over in Portland. I'm Johnny Ballgame. Just want to let you know we want the calls. We want the text messages today at 208-424-9300. You can call. You can text Cloverdale Plumbing, Fat Guys Fresh Deli, and we want to hear your thoughts just on what was a magnificent season, a heck of a ride. Did it end too soon? Maybe we talk about why it ended too soon. Uh, we want to get all those calls and texts, and we'll do that today. JP running the show back in the RowPaint.com studio. JP, welcome. We will be back to see you tomorrow. Sadly, JP, but uh, I know you'll be happy, and I love that Crave delivery you've been eating, JP. Welcome. Well, I, I was hoping that you guys would make it a long weekend, but it uh, d- wasn't in the cards, I guess. Yep, and my partner, there he is. He's looking dapper, guys. Michael Forrest Prater, Mike Prater, longtime media member in Boise. And uh, you've covered uh, a bunch of these Boise State NCAA tournament teams. So looking forward to getting your opinion today, Prater. Welcome. And uh, not the result we all wanted, but uh, the result is what Boise State fan now has to live with. And it's a life of a sports fan, right, Prater? You just move on to the next thing. Welcome. Ballgame, I appreciate that. And I think I've seen this story before. As a matter of fact, I know I've seen this story before. And I don't care if it's football or basketball. Boise State gets into the regular season, dominates, and has a good season. And all of a sudden, they get out there into the postseason and start playing with some big boys, some real big boys. And maybe you're a little outmatched in that first half or in the second or in the first couple of quarters of a football game. That's exactly what happened today. Memphis was the better team. Memphis was the physical team. And it looked like Boise State was just a little bit, I don't want to say starstruck, but they just couldn't get their act together. Couldn't play with the sharpness they've played with all season. Halftime break, they're down 19, and they cut that sucker, I think, as close to as five points with some chances to even get it to three at one point. So I've seen this before with football. And they just get out there, and they get beat up. They adjust, they figure it out, they're scrappy, they're smart, and they just run out of time. And I think that's exactly what happened here, ballgame. We're not going to try to get too negative here because, as you said in the open, it's been a fantastic season, and they finished strong today. There's things to build on, but right now, ballgame, there's a lot of disappointed Boise State fans. Yeah, there is, and, and, and you know what, it, it would... And I understand what you're saying on Memphis, guys. You know, they, they are bigger, they're faster, they're collectively stronger, they're collectively more athletic than that Boise State team. But I don't think, Prater, that was the reason Boise State went down. Hell, Gonzaga is in trouble. The Georgia State's still in Portland right now. This tournament proves that. There is a psychological element to this tournament for whatever reason. Now, these are kids, man, and this is a big deal. This is the big dance, man. This is hashtag March Madness. And I thought, you know, Memphis did use all those attributes, all those skills I suggested to beat Boise State. That's how Memphis beats anybody. But that wasn't the reason Boise State lost, in my opinion. They 
had opportunities. They even got back into that thing in the second half and a possession there, a possession over there. I mean, they're down five. Dagenhart gets a rebound. They're down five. And then he immediately gets it stolen. And then they have a layup and they push it back up to seven. To me, like little moments like that in a basketball game, you just need to go your way. And it kind of shifted over. Now, they did not obviously get anywhere close to the production they needed from Emmanuel Acott and Marcus Shaver Jr. in particular. They had off games. Dudes have off games. It happens. But it just didn't it just didn't slip and slide the way they needed it to, Prater. And uh, the way Boise State defended in the second half is the way they've defended all year, man. But there was just that one stretch. It was 12-12, to Forrest. And then all of a sudden, Boise State's down 15 in a matter of minutes. If they were to somehow have eliminated or just cut in half, like make a free throw in the first half, this game could have been different. It wasn't like, okay, Memphis is just so much bigger, better, faster, stronger, better, blah, 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 that they would have beat Boise State 9 out of 10 times. That's not how I feel, but this thing is a one-and-done Prater, and Boise State sadly, again, on the wrong side of victory in the NCAA tournament, which is now what, 0 for 8? 0 for 8. And, Ballgame, I'm going to have to disagree with you a little bit, and, and we didn't talk about this before I went on the air, but I think it was way, way, way more physical than it was mental for Boise State. I don't think that this moment was too big. I don't think that this stage was too big. I just think that they were outclassed by bigger, better, stronger, faster athletes in the first half, and then they had to psychologically regroup in the second half and come back. If they would have been able to shoot the ball, at any kind of a decency rate. And this has been a problem with this basketball team all season long. Check that. This has been a problem with this Boise State basketball team ever since Leon Rice took it over. Just the inconsistent offense, the inconsistent shooting. Defense did keep him in the game. I thought Boise State was the scrappier, guttier team, and Memphis just won this with pure physicalness and a better, better, better basketball team. Somebody suggested that Memphis could go off there and compete against Gonzaga, which, as you said, is struggling right now against Georgia State. We'll get after that a little bit later on in the show, but I don't think Memphis is that good of a basketball team. I think Boise State could have had them. Boise State outscored yes. by eight points in the second they half. They could have won, man. They won the second half 34-26. to They kept Memphis to 26 points in the second half after giving up 38 in the first half. So there were some adjustments. Again, I don't think this had anything to do with mentally or the or the stage too big. I just think today Boise State was humbled by a better physical basketball team, and that's something for Leon Rice to talk about. Again, we're going to talk about that at 5 o'clock in the 5 o'clock hour moving forward, but Boise State has a path on how to make this basketball team better physical, better stronger, more physical down the road. They learned that today, and they're going to have to work on that in the offseason. building block. I get you, man. Um, this team has eased into a game offensively on many occasions this year, Prater. Sometimes it takes them a while to get the O going, and that's kind of what happened today, and they were just too many, too, too, they were down too many darn points. Boise State has not been in a position this season where you're down 20 at halftime and you have to fight your way back. No. They haven't, man. They play close. So I think psychologically that was different for them, but they did overcome that. They, for whatever, th- they, they went in that locker room at halftime and they figured it out and they came back out and you remember I remember sitting there with you in the arena today and you're saying dude it's there's 10 minutes left in this game and Memphis has four points this entire half you know you would have liked Boise State to be down four or five points 
at that moment, but they were down nine or ten points. Boise State's offense, and it's tough. I mean, those guys are big dudes, and they defend. They got Larry Brown coaching them, right? He knows what he's doing. Penny Hardaway knows a bit about basketball. Those Memphis guys, they impressed me with the way they play X's and O's stylistically. They're not this, oh, they just was run around street ball, five-star group. No, they play good basketball. And, uh, hell yeah, I'll just throw this out there. We don't have to expand on it. They will cause some big problems for Gonzaga. Watch out that game. I can't wait to see that game on Saturday. It's going to be terrific. Um, unless they play Georgia State. Just blah, 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 blah. That's probably not going to happen. Georgia State still is winning, though, in the first half. We'll see what the Zags can do to get that thing going. But it was the dream season. It ended just a little bit early. We didn't get that nugget of Boise State, Gonzaga. Now Leon Rice and Mark Few can probably look at each other and say, ah, now we never have to play each other ever again in our life, and we can still be the best of friends. But uh, sad way to do it. But I think if you get more out of Shaver and ACOT offensively, I think Boise State wins that game. Last I looked, they were like 4 for 24 collectively. Shaver and ACOT. Those are your second and third best scores in Gosh, Marcus Shaver will go down as one of the great guards in this program, certainly in recent memory. But Schnikes, he had a tough end to the season, Prater. You were detailing that a little bit today, just on Shaver's field goal percentage over the last five, six games this year. For whatever happened, maybe it was an injury here or there, but he slowed way down today. And Acott, man, he couldn't he couldn't hit water falling out of a boat today, sadly. No, and that's too bad. And Shaver, unfortunately, big shot Shaver disappeared yep. completely in the off or in the, in the postseason. All four postseason games, he struggled. I'll do the math in the next break and get you some exact numbers. But I think he shot right around twenty percent in four postseason games, and that's ten percent from the three point line. I believe he wow. was one for about 16 from three-point range, and again, less than 20% shooting from field goal range in four postseason games. That can't happen. Marcus Shaver could come back next year. We'll see how that shakes out. But ball game. you just mentioned something about if they could, you know, I've always beaten up Leon Rice, and we're not going to beat him up today too hard because I, I was impressed with what I saw in the second half and certainly the uh, the entire season we have to take into account. You talked about Boise State in the first 10 minutes of this game, and whether it's physical, which I thought it was, mental, which you thought it was, it doesn't matter. It was probably a combination of both. Boise State had a decent non-conference schedule this year. Decent. And that's good for Boise State. This is an opportunity to upgrade your non-conference schedule with a couple of tough teams. Even Gonzaga. Why wouldn't Leon Rice want to play Gonzaga early in the season? Not only to give the fans a gift, but to give his players an idea of what they're going to meet when they see, when they get to the NCAA tournament. When they get to the NCAA tournament, I want them to play a Memphis and say, oh yeah, we've played a Memphis type team three or four times this year. That doesn't happen. You play bigger, better, stronger athletes for the first time in the NCAA tournament, you're going to go 0 for 8 in the history of your basketball program. Leon Rice, and again, we'll talk about how they're going to get better at 5 o'clock, but one thing they need to do is upgrade the schedule so they can play monster, physical, power 5 teams early in the season to be prepared for moments like this. I thought about that, too, because I think if Leon were to call Mark Few 
and say, dude, I need a non-con game. Uh, my program needs this. Yes. Now, if I have to come to the kennel, I will. I'd prefer it if we could do it at Spokane Arena. That'd be better because we could travel some of our fans, too, and we can have this really cool December matchup of Gonzaga and Boise State. And I think Mark Few would give Leon that game. Now, you also have Tommy Lloyd at Arizona, who might go on a major run in this tournament. Leon and Tommy Lloyd coached together for a decade at Gonzaga. I think Tommy Lloyd gives Leon that game. Arizona, Boise, quick flight. You can go to the McHale Center. Heck, play the game in Phoenix. I don't know, but you're right. If that is a deal, if you are making that point, you guys let, let us know what you think on Prater's point here, 208-424-9300, that Boise State needs to up their game in the non-con, even if it means Leon can't use the Tommy Lloyds and the Mark Fuse as uh, what, 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 what what was the word I'm thinking? Um, uh, not, not like a friend, a Prater, but a tool, a resource yes. to communicate with, because that's what Leon's always said. Me and Fuey don't want to play each other, because if we do, it means we can't talk to each other about our teams. And you know what? Really? I mean, you can't at all. What about after the game? You can't talk after the rest of the season? So you have to wait, you have to go, oh, 10 days when the season starts without talking to each other? Like, maybe this program needs that more than it needs Leon Rice and his relationship with his buddies, Tommy Lloyd at Arizona and Mark Few at, at Gonzaga, the two biggest basketball programs in the western united states right now leon could get a game with any of them maybe you have a good point there forrest boise state proved in the second half that they can hang with memphis once you get past that initial wave that initial physical attack that initial mental attack you know they were able to hang with them we proved that today boise state proved that today we saw that today so it's 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 very much possible you just have to be able to survive that first 20 minutes and i think a tougher schedule can make that happen now you can play all the tough schedules you want, and if you can't make a basket, and that was really what today came down to. If Boise State just makes 10% more of its baskets, we have a completely different conversation today, ball game. I think the mood is completely different. It's a tight ball game. There's a little bit of sourness today in the fact that Boise State never was really in this game. A two-point loss would have been devastating. But you know what? You could walk away and say, at least they competed. Well, they competed in the second half, but that first half, that's going to sting for a long it's time. It's tough because I think Boise State fan has been able to say in – my gosh, every single game they've played this year that, oh, they might win this game. During the game. I mean, you go back to the first game of the season in the tournament against, um, what was it, the Bonnies at St. Bonaventure. Like, Boise State's had an opportunity to win every single game this season. Today, I never once looked at you in the Moda Center and said, boy, Prater, they got this. No. Prater, they're going to win this game. I never once said that, and it was they were 12-12. They were, it was 12 to 12, and I thought, okay, it's going to be a close game. Memphis went on that run to close out the first half. Boise State came back and got in the game, but not to the point where I think Bronco Nation was like, oh, we got these dudes. Um, now we need to hear from you, those dudes, Bronco Nation. Sum up the season. What's on your mind? I want you to get emotional, okay? If someone's going to call in and cry, fine, dude. We just want to know where you are emotionally after this loss today, ending probably the best season in school basketball history. So call us, Fat Guys Fresh Deli Hotline, 208-424-9300. We'll take those calls when we come back. 
And quickly, a big thanks to Crave Delivery, Prater. We don't come to Portland. We don't cover these games. We don't get this for our listeners without the folks at Crave Delivery. And throughout the weekend, you're sitting on your butt on your couch. Don't order pizza unless it's from Crave. Order Crave Delivery. Prater on the ball game. We'll be back. We out. Make the KTIK app the reason you own a smartphone. Download the app to listen anytime. Set an alarm for Prater in the ball game. Listen to archive shows and interviews. And keep up with our social media accounts. That's a lot on such a small device. Get the KTIK app today. Uh, it's a game of runs. It's a game of runs. They're a really good team and uh, they went on a run and um, we couldn't weather the storm like how we usually do. But it's a part of the game. Sometimes stuff like that happens and it's just how you respond and I thought our guys did a great job of responding in the second half. That's a boo key jab. Sadly, Bronco Nation, one of the last times you'll hear from a Boo Kijab in a Boise State uniform. I mean, we'll have him on Idaho Sports Talk throughout the years. He's going to be a legendary sports figure in the town of Boise. I've joked a couple of times that dude should never pay for a beer in the city of Boise the rest of his life. But Prater, just emotions right now. Uh, emotions running with us. Emotions running with this fan base. Certainly emotions with this team. You could hear that in Kijab there at the post-game press conference. And Bronco Nation, what are your emotions right now? What's your psyche? I mean, sometimes your team can lose and it's sad, but the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is still there. It's still coming. You know there's a next season. And I think most people know with this basketball program, like this wasn't a one-shot deal, was it? This team isn't loaded with all these one-and-dones that you know you're going to lose, right? Does that help ease your emotion right now, Bronco Nation? 208-424-9300. JP, line them calls up. Let's see whoever we can get first caller today. JP, hook up with a T-shirt. First caller gets a T-shirt. JP, take those calls. Forrest, what you got? All right, Johnny Ballgame, you said one and done, and we're one and done. We're heading home tonight. We'll be back in the KTIK studios tomorrow with ropaint.com. But you know what? I think I would take a one and done if I was Boise State right now. And obviously, that might sound a little bit obvious in terms of, yeah, I'll take a blue chip recruit to get to Boise State. But Boise State, and, and they don't come, you know, the one and dones don't come to Boise State. But, and one and dones are a major, major problem in college basketball, if you ask me. We're watching Chet Holmgren from, from Gonzaga right now. We saw Jalen Duran today. I mean, you know, Holmgren's struggling and Gonzaga's struggling. Duran today only had 10 points on a pretty basic. I didn't even, he, he was such a non-factor in this game. I, at one point I had to turn to you and said, is Duran even playing ball game? I would like to see Boise State kind of upgrade that with uh, a little bit of physical presence. So we make fun of one-and-dones around here, but uh, it'd be cool if Boise State had that problem. It'd be a good problem to have because that was the psyche of what happened today. Mismatch right off the bat in that first half, and uh, that had to put Bronco Nation back on its heels. I think Bronco Nation today, the psyche post-game, is still going to be pretty positive. That 0-8 thing is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger with yeah. every season. That's going to yeah. hurt. Yep. But as soon as you can walk away from that today, tomorrow, this weekend, and realize what Boise State did this year, checking so many different boxes, there's plenty of things to build on. We'll talk about it at 5 o'clock. But right now, I just think the psyche of this basketball team, the psyche of Bronco Nation, it's it's a little tough right now. They're asking lots of questions like, what if, what if, what if, ball game? By the way, happy St. Patrick's Day. You too, buddy. Happy birthday, JP. JP is a St. Paddy's Day baby. Happy birthday, PZ boy. Thanks, Johnny. 
Appreciate you, man. Um, so, yeah, it's St. Patrick's Day, and this will be a St. Patrick's Day. Some will remember. Some will want to forget. Uh, 208-424-9300. Bronco Nation, uh, let us know what those emotions are with you with this basketball program. Did this team t- turn Bronco basketball for you emotionally, psychologically? Are you now moving forward, willing to accept, like, hey, I'm a bigger basketball fan of this team in this town than I ever been before, and I can't wait for next season. A lot of Boise State fans, you don't say that when it comes to basketball in this town. You say basketball, okay, you know, thanks for giving me something to, to chew on a little bit. But then spring football comes, and then you get the summer in a couple of months, and then holy smokes, we got another football season where we're going to chase another Mountain West championship. So that's kind of where uh, I want to ask where some of you guys are right now on that two zero eight four two four ninety three hundred Prater. But uh, certainly the emotion of losing a key jab, and we'll see if there are any others that they lose. Um, but that's college basketball. That's college sports. You lose guys, Prater. It's tough. And uh, it's, it's why sports fans are sports fans. Being a sports fan is a very emotional oh. exercise, man. It's an yeah. emotional lifestyle being a sports fan. And most sports fans, you know this, you have more down times than up times. And the hurt a lot of times outweighs the, the, the glory and the hope and the elation. And that's just... It's tough sometimes, and I'm feeling for this fan base today because this was a fun basketball team, easy to support. Uh, the access on this show was terrific. I'm going to miss this basketball team. Oh, absolutely. We're going to miss this basketball team. And kudos to Bronco Nation showing up today inside the Moda Center. I would say they outnumbered Memphis fans 10 to 1, and maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but at one point I had to ask you where the Memphis fans were. They were tucked over into a corner. There wasn't very many of them, and Boise State kind of took up two sections and uh, got after it pretty good. So kudos to Bronco Nation for supporting it and for showing up and, and doing what they had to do. That was pretty cool to see ball game. I would imagine the emotions, it's going to be a long seven-hour drive home for them in, in terms of... The more passionate of a fan you are, and if you were inside Moda Center today and a Boise State fan, you are one of the passionate ones. The more passionate you are, that's the cruel part of sports. The more passionate you are, the more it hurts. And today it's going to hurt for Boise State fans. Yeah, it's going to be a tough drive home. Not just for us, Mike. You know, it's going to be a tough drive home for a lot of Bronco Nation. And they were outstanding today. The chance. I think if you asked a Memphis fan at this game, like, hey, what are your, what are your thoughts of the Boise State fan base? I think Memphis fan would say, oh, whoa, man, they were terrific. You know, they were coming up with the Boise State chance. It got loud there. Darren College wearing a, a basketball jersey with muscles popping out. He's right there with the fans leading the charge. The ex-Bronco football great. Scary Super people. Bowl champion <laughs> with the Green Bay Packers. I mean, the fan base won today. And and hopefully the fan base said, okay, well let's get to this, let's get back next year, and maybe the draws different, whatever. You're gonna play good teams in the NCAA tournament now. I mean that's just how it is, Prater. They're good teams make this tournament. You're, you just don't get an easy road. Look at the Mountain West for crying out loud. Seventy five percent of the Mountain West is now eliminated from this tournament, Prater, and it's three thirty Mountain Time on Opening Day Thursday. Wyoming, see ya. Colorado State, smell you later. Boise State, 
Adios. It's just them. Boom, boom, boom. San Diego State, I think they play tomorrow against Creighton? Tonight. Tonight against Creighton. Oh, they like play tonight. 5.30-ish, maybe. I'm not exactly sure of the time. Craig Thompson was in the house at the yep. Moda Center. We saw him roaming around. It's not good for him. They've lost now seven in a row NCAA tournament games. And what's more important, and we'll get after the Mountain West here. We're going to talk more Mountain West in the 4 o'clock hour, but uh, one of their best seasons in school history. And we're not even halfway through this uh, t- the first day of, of this three-week-long tournament, and 75%, as you said, of the Mountain West teams are gone, gone, gone. Yeah, you know, tough for Craig Thompson. You're right, it was one of the better days, um, better seasons in Mountain West play, Prater. I want to get one text to you. This is from Postal Grandpa, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Prater. He says, he says, my feelings... I'm tired of baby steps. I guess that's why no one is clamoring to hire Leon Rice. Probably an emotional overreaction. It was a great, fun season. So he's saying, yeah, no one's calling for Leon Rice because, well, he was one and done. I mean, uh, but again, sports fans are emotional, Prater. Postal Grandpa, I think I wrote that exact same tweet myself. I couldn't agree more. It's, it's, it is baby steps. It is slow growth. But I, I, I've refrained from using it. I mean, I love that phrase for about three years, and I've refused to use it this year because we've just seen significant growth with this program in, in one season. But looking back on it now, it still is baby steps because they haven't been able to yeah. get to that NCAA tournament win. It's still a positive season. There's still plenty to build on. Uh, I, I like the direction of this team. But, baby uh, steps. You know, it is. Uh. Baby steps. So this it's a baby step basketball program in Europe. I mean, this was a pretty this was a man step today or this year. I thought. I mean, mm. I wouldn't associate anything with being a baby or baby steps with this thing. But I guess historically, historically, okay. yes. The first half of what we saw today, yes. So Leon Rice's career, which what thirteen years in now, 12. 12, 12 years in, he's 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 building a program based on ba- not based on baby steps but his growth of his program you could define as a as a baby stepping program look where it was in year 0 look where it is in year 12 show me how much growth you've seen over a 12 year period ball game there's growth and this year we saw more growth than ever before but over 12 years from point a to point b you tell me how much growth there has been in this program. All right, maybe we'll come back to that at 5 o'clock. What do you guys think? Text, call us, 208-424-9300 on the Cloverdale Plumbing text line. You know, as this growth in 12 years, and maybe maybe the biggest step was taken this year, and it's not going to be baby steps anymore. And this unit, this team, this current state of the program is going to continue to challenge for the NCAA tournament more often than not. Can Boise State ever become that for basketball where you make the NCAA tournament five, six times a decade? Uh, We want your thoughts on that. JP is going to give you one of the plays, one of the critical plays from today's Boise State-Memphis game and a tournament scoreboard update. We'll do that also. And don't forget, tomorrow's Friday. That's kind of a silver lining here, right? That means we have a new sweet deal for you. So go to KTIK.com right at 9 in the morning because these things go quick. It's Brunchettes, uh, one of the great breakfast joints in the Treasure Valley. Uh, Brunchettes, great stuff there. 25 bucks you give us, we'll give you $50 to spend there. Sweet deals. Prater on the ballgame. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. From the com studio, we are hoping that we'll be able to catch up with Bob Beeler, Bronco Focus, in about 10 minutes or so. But uh, after the result of today's game, Bob could theoretically be on an airplane back to Boise right now, for all we know. But uh, if you are 
Paying attention today, Boise State lost to Memphis first round of the NCAA tournament in Portland, 64-53. to It was tied up early, 12-12 to in the first half before the Tigers started to pull away, shooting 67%. They led at the halftime, 38-19, to and then uh, Boise State started to cut into that lead. They had the uh, just a five-point deficit with a minute left. Boise State had a chance to even pull closer, but unfortunately, this happened. One minute remaining. 15 to shoot. Lomax dribbling right side. Bounce it to Duran. Rolling down the lane. Left side lays it up short. Dagenhardt has the rebound. Got it knocked away from behind. Duran's got it inside. Lays it up and in. Lomax had the steal. Duran the finish. That was a critical play as Boise State could have cut it to uh, at least uh, three, maybe even two. But uh, couldn't hold on. Abu Kijab, 20 points all in the second half. And I went back through the play-by-play. And Abu Kijab, in the first uh, 10 minutes and 45 seconds, scored 18 points. In the last 9 minutes and 15 seconds of the second half, he only got off two shots. Which I thought was pretty unbelievable. You got to credit Memphis, Prater. We talked about this. They did an exceptional job. They full court pressed the entire game, right? Which Boise State's not used to. They don't play that way, as we heard Abe Jackson articulate on the post game show in the Mountain West. You don't have that 40 minutes of hell team because in the Mountain West, they don't have 12 dudes who are like physically interchangeable the way that Memphis is. 12 players played. For Penny and Larry Brown today, and that was their mission. We're going to wear these guys down. It helped in Boise State. They just didn't get a lot of good looks, JP, and that's part of the reason they shot so poorly from the field, and guys like Kijab and Shaver collectively shot, what, four for 27, four for 22, something like that, and, you know, Boise State, for them to win, I mean, Shaver and, I'm sorry, Shaver and Acott, not Kijab, Shaver and Acott need to play better offensively, and they put the damn ball in the hole, and they didn't today. Just got word from Bob Beeler that uh, he will be joining us in just a matter of minutes for Bronco Focus, get his take from courtside, but uh, Tyson Dagenhart, he finished the game, eight points, Emmanuel Acott, seven points, Boise State will finish the season 27 and eight games in progress right now from the NCAA tournament. Uh, Richmond, or excuse me, it just finished. Richmond knocked off Iowa 67 63. That was a 12 over a five. And at halftime right now, Gonzaga has their hands full with Georgia State 35 to 33 at the half. It's North Carolina out in front of Marquette 42 21 with about three minutes left in the first half of that game. Earlier today, Michigan knocked off Colorado State. It was tight for a while, but Michigan State pulled, or excuse me, Michigan pulled away 75-63. It was uh, Providence over South Dakota State 66-57. Baylor, no problems with Norfolk State 85-49. Tennessee over Longwood 88-56. And then the rest of the games uh, a little bit later on tonight. And it was the College of Idaho knocking off Grace College today in their NAIA Sweet 16 game in Kansas City. The uh, Yotes won 71-66. They had four Yotes in double figures, including uh, 16 from Ivory Miles Williams. And now, unfortunately for the the Yotes, they will face the winner between the number one seed Loyola of Louisiana. And I believe they are the defending champions and Faulkner of Alabama that uh, Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Yeah, good for them, Prater, and bring it, you know. Welcome to the Final Eight, the Elite Eight, whatever they call it in the NAIA tournament. You're going to play good teams at this point, whether you get the best team in the tournament in the round of eight 
or the round of four or in the national championship game. Colby Blaine does not care. And, you know, I guess the hope of Treasure Valley collegiate basketball fans is the College of Idaho right now to maybe contend, maybe get to a Final Four, maybe bring home a national championship to Caldwell. Only team playing left in this entire state, I believe. Mm -hmm. Good call. And finally, uh, the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes reportedly down to uh, three teams. According to ESPN, the Browns were told that they are no longer in the running for a trade with Houston for Watson. So as of now, the Panthers, Saints, and Falcons are the teams in the running for Deshaun Watson. You got a prediction, Forrest? Saints. I'm going to say I'll say Panthers. Okay. Okay. Good stuff, JP. Uh, Prater in the ball game. Bob Beeler will join us, and we'll get uh, his thoughts. He's getting ready to hop on a chartered flight home. Prater, they'll be back in Boise probably by the time this show ends. <laughs> and then me and you are hopping in your Subaru, Mister Subaru. Going to trek seven hours back tonight. So we got Bronco Focus. Uh, that's going to be a good addition today. Kind of putting a bow on what was a spectacular basketball season. We'll do that next, but first, it is Zamzo's second annual Backyard Berry and Fruit Festival. That's going on right now at Zamzo's, guys. Here's what it is. All 13 locations participating as well. 27 different types of blueberries, blackberries, and strawberries have all arrived. This is the perfect time to start planting. And when you're planting, go to Zamzo's, obviously. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. KTIK had the ticket. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The ticket. This is Bronco Focus with the voice of Boise State Athletics, Bob Beeler. Let's bring on Bob Beeler, the voice of Boise State Athletics, as you just heard, Bronco Focus. And, Bob, I know they're putting you guys on a charter. You're on your way back soon. Welcome. Appreciate your time today. And I'll just start you off, Bob. How do you see things going today for the Broncos? What do you put? Uh, how do you put your finger on all this? Well, I think Memphis was better than I expected. Uh, they were motivated. They came to play. They were quicker, I think, than anybody we've seen all year. I think they were by far quicker defensively than anybody in the Mountain West. Uh, Boise State did not have a lot of good looks, and, and they did a nice job, uh, Memphis did. Of you know They forced a lot of turnovers in the first half. Uh, they got the Broncos for seven turnovers, of which they cashed in for 15 points. I mean, that's basically every single turnover that Boise State makes, they put points on the board. So, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think this was, you know, uh, a, an underseated nine based on the way they were playing. Now they haven't won three, 13 out of their last 15 games. Um, you know, great season for Boise State. You know, very nice second half for Boise State. Got within five, just couldn't get it any closer. But uh, I, I left impressed with Memphis. Um, I think Duran's going to be a really, really good player, not at this level, but even further up the line. And, uh, you know, great season. Somebody has to lose. And, unfortunately, Boise State, you know, dug themselves too big a hole. I mean, if you're down 19 at the half, you know, you do a nice job. You cut it down, you know, cut it to, you know, you, you outscore them by 10 to start the second half, and you're still down nine. 
Yeah, I mean, it seemed like they they just couldn't get within that striking distance, and I think you would probably uh, agree that maybe that the opportunity, not the play of the game, but the opportunity of the game was that Dagenhart rebound with about a minute left, and Lomax was able to come in there and steal that, which led to kind of an instant layup from Memphis. Right? Would you would you agree there? That was kind of that was a very very pivotal moment, well, Bob. I, I thought that was the the door shutting. I, I thought that the pivotal moment of the game was Boise State was down eight at the immediate last media timeout of the first half, 27-19, and they allowed Memphis to close the half on an 11-0 run. I thought that was the game. Uh, not allowing, you know, I mean, allowing Memphis, you know, we, we sat on the air and we came back from the timeout that we thought it was going to be crucial that, you know, you're eight. The key is can you keep it at eight or maybe get it a little closer in the last four minutes? Or, you know, do they get it up into the teens? Well, not only did they get it up in the teens, but, you know, 19 is a big, big number. Lowest point total for Boise State, tied with the Bakersfield game and the Washington State game, 19 on the board in the half. And wow. I couldn't find it quick enough. Sometimes when you're talking, you can't go through all the notes quick enough. But I would think 19 points was the biggest deficit at halftime all season. Bob Beeler, Bronco Focus, live from Portland. Bob's still at the Moda Center after Boise State's 64-53 to loss to Memphis, first round of the NCAA tournament. Bob, let's take a quick look at those 10 minutes and just your thoughts on it. Obviously, they, Memphis comes out in a full-court press, puts Boise State back on its heels. They're the more physical, imposing team. Maybe mentally, Boise State wasn't quite prepared for the moment. Did you see this as a physical mismatch, a mental, phys- a mental mismatch? How did you see the first 10 minutes of this game? I think I would go physical. They were very quick. They were very strong. You know, they came out and imposed their will. Uh, you know, Boise State probably played a little bit tentative too. But if you're saying what's the lead, for me it was that Memphis was quicker, Memphis was stronger. It was a physical thing that they came out and, and they took charge. And, you know, you, as I say, you put yourself, you know, down. They were down 8, 20 to 12 at, at one of the timeouts. I think that was the timeout that, uh, uh, you know, they had, Memphis had just gone on an 8-0 run. Boise State, I think, called the timeout. But you're down eight, and and unfortunately, you know, you end up being down 19 at the half. So I think, you know, the first 10 minutes, I, I would definitely go Prater that it was a more physical thing than a than a mental thing by far. Bob, I, I don't want to bring this up, but Marcus Shaver, who we all love and who's had so many great moments and done great things with this basketball team, really struggled in the postseason. I think he was shooting somewhere around 20% from the field, mm-hmm. somewhere around 10%, maybe even less than that, from three-point range. You could see him really struggling today. Did did you see anything in the last four games over Marcus Shaver that got in the way of his shot? Yeah, I think his sickness. I think his sickness leading into the tournament. Remember that he did not come down until Wednesday, was missing, I think, four or five practices leading up to the tournament. And then in game two of the, the tournament down in Vegas, he you know injured his hip. And I think that was a factor. And then today he got knocked down again and landed on his hip hard. So I don't think, you know, they, they don't talk about injuries, but I would be shocked if he was better than 70% these last four games. I think I would go with his, his lack of play. For some of it was he was not in in the best of shape, both stamina wise, from having you know like flu like stuff to, to to being hurt. I also think today that you know they had long, tall, very athletic guards. I mean, I don't think Boise State had many really good looks from three. They got a couple of them early, but you know they closed out extremely well, played very well on the perimeter. So I, I think today opponent was as much of a problem as 
as his own self. Now, nobody's saying that to me, but I just kind of watched the way he moved, and I don't think he moved nearly as well as he moved during the regular season. Bob, I think you're spot on. And at one point during this game, I turned to ball game and said, and this is not an excuse, by the way, I turned to ball game and said, I don't think yesterday's show we gave Boise State and their injury report uh, enough credit going into this game. Four or five mm-hmm. of these guys are beat up really, really bad. We never even mentioned injury report today. You just talked uh, about Shaver. Armouche is beat up. Rice is beat up. Yeah. Abu and Acott were all over the place. The one thing that really stood out for me was was Armouche, and, and I thought he could get in there physically and try to beat up Memphis. He only had one foul. He had four more to give. Yeah. More elbows, more physical muscle, but he has one bad ankle, and he's literally playing on one foot. How beat up do you think that this basketball team is today? I think they're tired and they're sore. Now think about it, guys. They basically tried to make this run with seven guys. Memphis played 12 people in the first half by choice, and I think that that does keep you fresher uh, during the course of a season. 12 guys overall in the season for Memphis average better than 10 minutes a game. So I think Memphis was a much deeper team. You know, Coach Rice redshirted three guys this year. So, you know, if you, I mean, again, who knows whether redshirt freshmen could help you or not? I don't know. I'm not saying they could have, or, you know, you're usually thinking that they'll be better as fifth year seniors than they would as fourth year seniors if you do it. But, you know, Boise State's bench was short. Uh, Milner came in and gave him another solid block today, gave him some minutes behind, uh, uh, behind Armouche. And today's game was just too athletic for Kuzmanovich. He didn't even get in the game. So, um, you know, you played you played eight today, and uh, you know, and Milner was what I would say is cameo minutes. So you basically played played seven. And you know, I mean, this is a really good skilled team. This is the best team in the Mountain West. But as I said to you before, I, I think this was the quickest and strongest team Boise State has seen all season. They were better than any of the three teams, better than any of the three teams they played in Charleston. Now, I called the games off the video, and you can't, you know, get the full feel of a team watching on TV as you can when you're sitting there. But I thought this was the most skilled team, you know, talent-wise that Boise State's played all year. Bob, you hopping on the charter soon? You on the charter? What's the deal? Where I, are I'm you? I'm sitting in my hotel room right now packing because okay. uh, we're going to be out of here, I believe, at 4 Pacific. So, All right. Um, yeah, you, you get out fast. You pick your radio equipment up. Hope you don't stand up and block somebody's view. Uh, and, you know, they move you out fast when you get eliminated. They they don't they, you don't need to be running their me, uh, meter up as far as expenses on food and and uh, hotel. So uh, uh, unfortunately, it's one of those things that when when you you know, it, it's it's a quick turnaround and, um, you know, We'll see how Memphis fares against Gonzaga. Gonzaga kind of struggling against uh, Georgia State, watching the game on TV. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, they're hanging with them. That game is back and forth right now. We'll see what happens there. Bob, safe travels home and and another terrific season listening to you and Abe Jackson on the call. Um, You guys did a terrific job and uh, must have been a great ride for you guys. Sorry it had to come to an end today. But uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on another edition of Bronco Focus, Bob. And you you guys travel safe tomorrow uh, today, too, when you guys head back. Absolutely. Thank you, Bob. That's Bob Beeler. This is Bronco Focus. Boise State losing 64-53 to the Memphis Tigers. A one and done. Well, where are we going next? What Leon Rice say? Yep, Leon Rice, Tyson Degenhart, Abu Kijab. Post-game reaction from those three gentlemen coming up next. Prater in the ballgame, Idaho Sports Talk.
Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Fantastic win for us in the program. The guys fought hard. We knew that the game wasn't over at halftime because this is March Madness. We know that teams are going to always make runs. We know Boise is a great team. They were going to dig in. They've been in a bunch of close games all year. They've been playing well all year. Knew the game wasn't over. But we dug in deep and, and pulled out a great victory for our, our first you know, win of this, uh, this March Madness. That's Penny Hardaway, the head men's basketball coach at Memphis, former NBA All-Star, and uh, a big mark for the Penny Hardaway era in Memphis today. They get their first NCAA tournament win, I believe, with him as a head coach. I think last year was his first year as the head coach. There maybe was two years ago during COVID. Not really certain there, but a big moment for Memphis. Sorry it came at the hands of the Boise State Broncos, whose season ended today 64-53 to to Memphis Mike Prater, John Mallory, Idaho Sports Talk. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. And, uh, yeah, Prater, we're going to get to the Leon Rice and Abu Kijab, Tyson Degenhart presser in a second. But just it's, it's an emotional day for Bronco Nation. Didn't want the season to go down like that. But you know, tip your cap to Memphis. They, they they just played better than Boise did today. They did, especially in the first half and then the second half. I think Boise State probably, I don't want to say Boise State played better. Hey. They outscored him, but they matched him. There was definitely a 50-50 battle in the second half, something to build on. So that's got to be a little promising. I don't know if Bronco Nation feels that right now. They might wake up tomorrow morning and say, hey, it was a pretty good year, but uh, I know the emotions are tough right now. The history is tough. 0 and eight's not easy to swallow, and this was Boise State's best opportunity to do some damage in the NCAA tournament. They're going to have to win another year ball game, and we'll figure out what that roster looks like uh, in the 5 o'clock Hour. Well, we're going to have some fun this hour. Uh, we'll take your calls and text messages. A lot of great text messages coming today on the Cloverdale Plumbing text line. We'll get to those throughout the program. Also, we're going to talk about the Mountain West Conference this hour. And Prater, we're diving to the deep end of the pool with this. This conference continues to fall on itself when it comes to the NCAA tournament. We'll talk about the how and the why. And, you know, there's 75% of the Mountain West teams are already out of this tournament. Wyoming, Colorado State, Boise State, San Diego State tips off in like a couple of hours. They play Creighton in a coin flip game. This conference just could be tournamentless uh, in a couple of hours. So we're going to take a deep dive with Mountain West basketball, the national level. Um, but first, let's get down to Portland, Oregon. This is the post game press conference. Leon Rice, Abuki. Jab Tyson Dagenhart, let her roll, JP. Great second half by our guys. They battled back and they were in that game again. And, you know, just the hole we dug in the first half was a little too deep. And, uh, you know, those guys hit some some pretty tough shots, like the the step back three that ended up being a four-point play. I thought that was a big play that, you know, would have been, you know, maybe a 14-point lead. And then, then your comeback puts it about even. So, uh, but these guys never disappoint me as far as the heart of a lion and they uh they just always battle right up to the very very end and that that was no different today so uh, always proud of these guys and you know it was a great year to get to have with these this whole team and they they maximized everything they could and and accomplished a heck of a lot so like i said i'm really proud of them Shaker Murray, Washington Sports Network. Uh, coach, just talk about, uh, um, I know it's not the result you wanted, but talk about the resili- resiliency of your guys and ju- just the fans who showed up and all the support you guys had here today. Yeah, it was a, it was a special atmosphere. When we started coming back, it was helping us. And, um, yeah, th- th- these guys never cease to amaze me how tough they are. And, 
you know, that was a, that was a, we've ne- we haven't gone in the locker room like that when we were down and, you know, we went the whole year, every single game was close. We never got blown out and we were in jeopardy of getting blown out by a really, really talented team. Our hats are off to Memphis and then they, you know, that's a team that's putting it together. You know, I know they had a rough stretch and I know they, you know, they started out, I think top 10 in the nation and, and you see why. Uh, but they worked through some stuff throughout the year and, and, you know, they, they're, they've turned it on right now and they, they've got it going. So, uh, you know, they kind of came out and got us on our heels a little bit with their defense, their presses and, and, uh, second half, we did a much better job of, you know, being the aggressor. And, uh, but like you said, these guys are, you know, they weren't about to go away getting blown out. They fought and fought and fought and, you know, got away a little bit at the end when a couple things happened, but uh, really proud of them. Uh, Terry, the defender, coach, uh, Abu put, put, his, put, his, put your team on the back on the second half. Talk about his play, not only this game, but throughout this year. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you know, one of the things, he was MVP of our tournament, could have made a case for him being MVP of our league. Uh, no disrespect to the, the other guys in the league because we have great players, but he's such a team guy that all he cares about is winning, and that, that showed tonight, and it showed all throughout the year. I mean, when, and, you know, we have a whole group of guys like that. That's all they cared about, but he was he, he was tremendous down the stretch of the season and just a warrior, as as I've said a hundred times, if, if not a thousand. But, uh, you know, I don't even want to start thinking about it because that's the last game he gets to play in a, a Bronco Uni. And, and, you know, he's left a legacy here that will never, ever be forgotten. E.J. Rains with Bronco Nation News. Guys, uh, you were tied 12-12, and they obviously went on that run there to, to dig the hole. Uh, what, what was going wrong there? And then in the second half to flip it, what did you guys do to be able to cut it all the way to five? Uh, it's a game of runs. It's a game of runs. They're a really good team, and uh, they went on a run. And um, we couldn't weather the storm like how we usually do, but it's a part of the game. Sometimes stuff like that happens, and it's just how you respond. And I thought our guys did a great job of responding in the second half. JTAS KTVB, um, Abu, for you, um, last game, obviously, the Bronco. I know that you're still trying to probably process that, but um, do you feel like you left it all out there on the on the floor in the second half, and um, how hard is it just to see it come to an end? Um, it's definitely tough seeing it come to an end, but our guys battled. That's all you can ask for, and um, everyone did a tremendous job of competing. And sometimes it's like that. It's basketball, and sometimes things don't go your way. So you just got to take that negative and turn it into a positive however you can. And that's our mentality. Justin Reed, Spokesman Review. Uh, Coach, three Spokane guys on the roster, obviously. Uh, your son, Tyson, and uh, Najee there. Can you just kind of talk to me about those three, um, what the two have meant, and then also what they, uh, Tyson's going to be able to do for you move forward? Yeah, they're, they're just like – you know, the common theme about all these guys is what great competitors they are, and they all are that. So uh, it's, I mean, they they all thought, you know, I thought those, some of those guys you mentioned were huge in that second half. Najee was great, and Max was great as far as heating, heating them up, and our defensive intensity increased. And, you know, same with Tyson. And, you know, he's been freshman of the year. He, he's, and it wasn't even close. I mean, uh, you know, it, could have been an all-league player really when you when you break it down i mean he had that kind of year but um 
you know, th- those guys have been terrific. And, and just like all our other guys, we, that's the neat thing about this team is everybody's contributed along the way in huge ways, not just in little ways, in huge ways. And those three are no, no different, but you know, the tough thing, like I told our guys, the, the hard thing about this is I've been fortunate to be in, I think 14 of these now tournaments, they never, ever end the way you want. They end the way you want for one team. I mean, it's like, you know, there's great teams everywhere and there's, you know, but they never, so it's hard. And especially when you have a close group like this that uh, wants to keep playing, wants to keep being around each other. And so when that final horn goes off, it's, it's a heartbreak. Rachel Roberts with the Idaho Statesman. Uh, This team has had a lot of historic accomplishments this season, but you know, maybe a couple of decades from now, what do you think people will remember most about them? No doubt. They, They, they'll, Absolutely. Like I said, this team will go down in history for, you know, the, the, all the accomplishments they had, the, the way they turned the season around. We were three and four and they flipped this season. Uh, and then they went on a remarkable winning streak, uh, which is, you know, shows you how hard it is. It was one of the longest in the country. And, and you know, it was a, like us and Auburn were the final two with the long winning streak. And then they were number one at the time. So it, and then, you know, to win the league outright in the, the best year of the league that, that the Mountain West has been from top to bottom, no doubt, uh, to win it outright is, is remarkable. And then to be able to flip it around and just compete all the way through the conference tournament and win the conference tournament and, you know, and then come here, you know, I mean, that's a – don't underestimate that team. I don't think anybody that watched that game could – uh, those guys are great players and they're so well coached. Coach Hardaway does an amazing job and he's got a great staff and I mean, they're, they're doing good stuff and they're going to be a hard, hard out for, uh, you know, either Gonzaga or Georgia state. I mean, they're, they're really, really good. And we knew that we knew that. I mean that, but the great, like I said, the great thing about these guys is they went out the way they played all year. They just went down, you know, went down swinging they didn't roll over for anybody and uh, they'll, they'll be remembered a long, long time. And, you know, the things they did help this program to keep building. I have two questions, one for Tyson, and one for coach Tyson. I know you didn't get the results you wanted. Oh, sorry, Terry Davis, Tricep Defender. Uh, you want it, but describe your battle down low with the Memphis Bigs. And, Coach, this is the second year in your row. Y'all played them. Won't you try to get them on a regular season because y'all play two exciting games? <laughs> yeah. Their bigs are definitely uh, physical down there, and uh, Duren's definitely going to be a lottery pick. And it's uh, fun to compete, but just wish we'd have gotten the, the job done. Yeah, I love that. Let's get Coach Hardaway up to Boise. I, I, he, I bet he'd really like that. Why don't you start that campaign? I'm, I'll book it right now. All right, we have time for one more question. Jordan Kay with the Idaho Press for Tyson and Abu. Um, this season's kind of been – you guys started three and four and just went on one of the best runs in school history. As you look back on it, what are you guys most proud of, of your, the team? Um, I'm proud of our guys, their, their will and their determination and relentless attitude to just keep going in front of all the adversity that we went through. A lot of teams could fold early. You know, if you have a really talented team and you go three and four, that can mentally you know, stop some teams, but I'm so proud of our guys for just continuing to fight every single day. And our mentality was to win the day. And um, those guys did every single day, every single day. So I got to give a big shout out to my teammates. 
I'm proud of our guys uh, for staying together after going three and four. You know, we could have folded, but we really uh, came together and uh, made it a great season. So, proud of our guys. Tyson Dagenhart, Abu Kijab, Leon Rice there talking with the, the national media, local media, and the big press conference room there at the Moda Center as Boise State's dream season comes to an end. They lose to the Memphis Tigers 64-53. Yeah, Penny Hardaway to Boise. That'd be a lot of fun, Mike Prater. And um, apparently, Leon would be cool with playing Memphis, just no Gonzaga or no Arizona. I, I need to see a, a, one of those, as we talked about in the, in the first hour. I need to see a couple more of these physical, big. You know, I don't want to say Memphis is a Power Five team, but uh, they play Power Five basketball, yep. and Boise State needs a little bit more in that the preseason. So the first time that they play it, and, and you know, you know, uh, I saw one of the uh, te- text messengers say, "Well, Boise State played Washington State and St. Louis this year. That's nice, and they did a nice job this year of upgrading the schedule." So I'm not necessarily ripping on this year's schedule. I'm I'm questioning the mentality of the schedule making process over the last 12 years. Boise State basketball. You can't really recruit better athletes. Well, it's going to be very, very difficult for Boise State to recruit Memphis-style athletes, bring them to Boise consistently and build a basketball program like a Memphis does. But you can build toughness. You can build more strength within your basketball program by playing the Memphis-type teams, and I need to see more of that on the schedule. That's Leon Rice again talking post-game press conference. We're Prater in the ball game. By the way, we are now on Prater, a little thing called Spotify. The news broke today. I know a lot of people love Spotify and just another platform to catch Idaho Sports Talk and KTIK. Find us on Spotify. Why does the Mountain West suck when it comes to the NCAA tournament? Stinky Sullivan. Why? Prater thinks he has the answers, but I want yours as well. 208-424-9300. Give us a call or text us. Why can't the Mountain West get on any type of run, have any type of positive consistency in the NCAA tournament? Why? Leon's always telling us how great a league it is, right? Why do they stink in the tournament? Your thoughts? Prater has his. I'll throw mine in as well. That's next on Prater in the Ball Game, Idaho Sports Talk. These guys talk a good game because, well, talk is cheap and they never were the greatest athletes. Idaho Sports Talk with Prater and the Ball Game on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. We're broadcasting today's edition of Idaho Sports Talk from our friends at KXL in Portland, Oregon. Pretty nice little studio here, Prater, but tomorrow back in the RowPaint.com studio after a long drive back to Boise tonight. But uh, tomorrow we'll be ready to go back home, and I'm sure JP will be thrilled to have us back. (laughs) We'll be thrilled to be back as well, although we did want to stick around. Full disclosure, we definitely wanted to stick around. Johnny's really upset that we're not going to be sticking around for that Gonzaga game, so I had to talk him off the ledge a little bit. But, yeah, we'll be heading back tonight. And uh, just like some of those uh, million-dollar – just like Jalen Duran, who's going to go off to the NBA and be uh, make millions – we're one and done as well, ball game. You know, I'm going to be honest. Vandal fans, I don't care what you say. I was rooting for Boise State to win today. And I usually don't root either for or against Boise State. It's just my job talking about him. But Prater, 
I was rooting for the Broncos to win because I wanted to stay. I was rooting for us to be able to stay in Portland for it would have been three more nights we would have had Woo-hoo! here. Now we're we're hitting the road in less than two hours. It's a cra- I mean, just a weird situation, man. But it is what it is. The, the friends we were staying with last night, uh, as we said goodbye this morning, we said, "Well, we'll either be back." We'll never be back, or we'll come back for three more days. Yeah. It's kind of weird how that dynamic works out. So, Johnny Ball Game unleashed on a Thursday or Friday night in Portland. Would have uh, been fun. Well, yeah, I'm not sure I was ready for that. But, uh, yeah. and, and you know what? And for the record, and I'm serious when I say this, I think I always root for Boise State in the postseason. Okay. Not necessarily in the regular season. Mm-hmm. They can just go off football, basketball, go do your thing and, and create a good storyline. But once it gets to the postseason, I, I love big stories. And local teams winning in the postseason is a big, big story. I'll officially declare that I always root for Boise State to win in the postseason of any sport, anytime, anywhere. I love it. Hey, Leon Rice said something in the press conference following the loss to Memphis today that we asked JP to cut and clip together because we wanted to talk kind of on the back end of that. So, JP, if you'll roll Leon Rice and kind of the statement he made uh, after the loss today, please do that. To win the league outright in the the best year of the league that the Mountain West has been from top to bottom, no doubt, uh, to win it outright is is remarkable. And then to be able to flip it around and just compete all the way through the conference tournament and win the conference tournament. That's the Leon Rice clip. Um, And he says this a lot, how great this league is. All right, Ballgame, you're the scientist of basketball, college basketball. You're way smarter about college basketball than me. You've got a couple of minutes to tell me. Give me some of the metrics. Why did we think this was a good Mountain West basketball season? No, I think it's you know, top to bottom, like Leon has said, and I would agree to that. There's seven or eight teams that I saw play multiple times this year, and I saw their strengths and their weaknesses, and I thought the strengths outweighed the weaknesses, and I thought this team could or this league could go up against upper echelon teams from other league and hold its own. But it didn't. Not saying that it couldn't, but it didn't. You can even throw in Utah State getting hammered in the first round of the NIT against an Oregon Duck team that I didn't think wanted to even be there. So Leon always talks about this in 208-424-9300. I'd like you guys to call and text on the matter as well. Why, if the league is so tough, top to bottom, all these good teams, Mountain West basketball, have some. Why do they stink in the NCAA tournament? And we'll say, well, do they really stink in the NCAA tournament? Prater, how bad does the Mountain West stink up this tournament? All right, ball game. Here's some ugly numbers. Read them and weep, my friend. Since 2016, Boise, Boise, the Mountain West has lost 25 of 33 NCAA tournament games. Think about that. Since 2016. So they're 8 and 25. Yeah, the Nevada had a nice little run in 2018. They've gone six, five of the last six tournaments. This conference has gone over. No, not one again. The Mountain West Conference is on an eight-game losing streak in the NCAA tournament right okay. now, dating back to that time Nevada got to the Sweet 16. They lost to Sister Jean in that Sweet 16 game in Atlanta, Georgia. They have not lost it. Maybe it's the curse of Sister Jean. I don't know. Ugh. But Boise State basketball cannot win a game. Then 2019, 0 for 2. 2020, we obviously there wasn't a tournament. 2021, last year, 0 for 2. And so far this year, we're, we're barely, we're not even halfway through the first day. day. 
We're, we're 40% through the first day, and the Mountain West is 0 for 3. Not good, ball game. The numbers are bad. Craig Thompson, roaming around the Moda Center this weekend, doing his thing, coming off this supposedly great Mountain West basketball season, and I was duped into thinking the same thing. Yeah. I thought that this was a good Mountain West season. It was a good Mountain West season, but this conference, this was a humbling reminder that it has a long ways to go, and I think Boise State's kind of the poster boy. Good basketball team, smart basketball team. They're squeezing everything they can out of this basketball team, but when it comes to the postseason, it's a physically different tournament, and, and the Mountain West just cannot hang. I cannot speak for why Colorado State lost. I thought that that was a bad matchup anyway. Michigan, that's always going to be a little bit tough. Um, the other night, uh, Wyoming, we listened to that game driving over here on the radio. That uh, They didn't play well. They're not only losing, they're not competing. I mean, Boise State competed in the second half today, and that may be the most impressive thing the Mountain West has done in this tournament so far. That's a bad, bad streak. Those are awful numbers, and, I mean, it's tough to defend. I mean, okay, it's a good league because, you know, there's pretty good coaches in this league, and it's all about the same type of players. I'm trying to think of the last one-and-done Mountain West player, and I hope it wasn't Anthony Bennett at UNLV because that was eight or nine years ago, and he's one of the bigger historical busts in the history of the NBA draft. So you don't have the one-and-one kids. You get older, veteran, experienced kids because they stick around. You get transfers. That's how college basketball teams are built. You can get the big-time school kid to transfer down to play one final year to get more minutes, but there's a reason those kids are leaving big schools. You know, I think the Mountain West, similarly to football, like this to me just reminds me, and I I hate saying this, I, I work in Boise, Idaho. I live in Boise, Idaho. I would love to go on this show and be able to say, hey, Mountain West basketball needs to be up there with, heck, the Big 12, and you cannot say that because the proof well the pudding is the tournament this tournament the ncaa tournament and the proof is not in that pudding this is poo poo pudding prater and the mountain what? Has, no what? One, has no one to blame but itself on this they have to find a way to do better in this tournament and they have not done that and as competitive the league is which i love about this league any team can win the Mountain West. You don't have a Gonzaga in this league. You know, there's no Duke, right? There's no Michigan, Indiana, or back in the day, like where you have a Kansas right now in the Big 12. Kentucky always in the SEC. The Mountain West doesn't have that team. They don't have that big-time flagship Final Four contending team. So, yes, it's a highly competitive league night in, night out. Unfortunately, though, I think this league still has... A long way to go before we're going to sit here on this show and say, whoa, heck yeah, three teams in the Sweet 16 from the Mountain West, here we go. Like, no. this And, and, and Prater, you can go way back. You can go even back. You just went back to 2016. You can go back 15 years, and you just don't find deep runs by teams in this tournament. And uh, humble pie. You know, it doesn't always taste very good, does it? And I think there's some humble pie going on to the Mountain West. Not just Boise State fan, but Colorado State fan, but Wyoming fan. We'll see about San Diego State. But, yeah, humble pie for the Mountain West this March, unfortunately, and kind of puts a damper, kind of gives a buzzkill to what was, Prater, a really fun, highly competitive Mountain West hoop season, but a crash and burn for an ending, dude. I think the way Boise State played today is the perfect synopsis for what the Mountain West does when it gets into the NCAA tournament. You know, really struggle with that upgrade in talent, that upgrade in physicality, and you can see it in the offenses. The, the 
the three teams in the NCAA tournament from the Mountain West so far. Wyoming, the other night, 58 points. Today, BSU, 53 points. Colorado State, 63 points. Let me repeat some previous losses. The last loss in 2021, Utah State had 53 points. San Diego State had 62 points. Utah State, 61 points. Nevada, 61 points. Nevada, 68 points. Those are all the most recent. Those are the eight game. That's the eight game losing streak that the Mountain West is on. And they're not scoring 40, 50, 60 points. They can't get to 70. I just think that the offenses struggle. The mismatches are real. And this is a conference that really has to step up its game, just like Boise State needs to step up its game and play a more physical brand of basketball. Here's another thing, too. There's not a lot of NBA guys in the Mountain West. And a lot of times the teams that win in this tournament have the NBA guy who can say, get me the ball, get the hell out of the way, and let me advance in this thing. Gonzaga got in trouble today. Drew Timmy completely took over in the in the second half of that Gonzaga game. We have it on in the studio here. He was lights out. And Chet Holmgren, same deal. Come to play. Like It helps to have those guys, and there's just not a large number of star power. I mean, Kawhi Leonard's probably the last one, and that was damn 10 years ago, okay? There's not the high-level NBA lottery pick type of player in the Mountain West. Maybe that's why this league doesn't advance as far as, far as we would maybe want it to. Uh, but, yeah, I think this is a – Craig Thompson, okay, when he leaves Moda Center, if he hasn't left already, <laughs> I mean, what's going through Craig Thompson's head? He's checking his phone, and he sees Wyoming. He probably watched the Wyoming game from his house. Ah, crap, Wyoming lost. And then today he's probably flipping back and forth. He's in Boise, but, you know, he starts watching that Colorado State game. And what's going through Craig Thompson's head where within an hour Colorado State and Boise State lose? I don't know. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's lost cash. Lots of lost cash. Lots of opportunities for lost cash. Uh, he can't be thinking, how am I going to sit here and make this basketball conference better? I don't think he's going to think that. He's spinning it. He's spinning it that they had a great regular season. We got some great text messages coming in, and we're going to take some calls again in the 5 p.m. hour. We'll read a lot of those texts as well. Uh, coming up, JP has a tournament update that he wants to get to. Uh, every little update, JP's on with this thing on KTIK The Ticket. Let's get out of here. This is Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the Ball Game on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. Coming up, chance to win a $50 gift certificate to Biscuit and Hogs with Rock Jocks and Pop Culture in just a matter of minutes. But first, uh, Boise State losing to Memphis. First round of the NCAA tournament in Portland today. 64-53 to was the final score. Teams tied early at 12, but then the Tigers pulled away at the half. Leading 38-19, to Boise State chipped away and chipped away in the second half. Got it to within five points with a minute left and uh, couldn't uh, get any closer than that. Abu Kijab, 20 points in the game, all in the second half. Uh, it's a game of runs. It's a game of runs. They're a really good team, and uh, they went on a run, and um, we couldn't weather the storm like how we usually do. But it's a part of the game. Sometimes stuff like that happens, and it's just how you respond. And I thought our guys did a great job of responding in the second half. Tyson Degenhart, eight points. Emmanuel Acott, seven points. And Boise State will finish their season at 27-8. and eight. This one's tough to get over, I'm sure, for Bronco Nation, JP. But like Leon said, you know, kind of once... Once that once the grieving ends, people will look back on this team and hopefully say this was the team 
that started the catapult of this program to make Boise State basketball not only an upper echelon Mountain West basketball program, but a team that can get to the NCAA tournament often for a Mountain West program. So let's just see. But next year there's going to be a buzz for basketball, and I'd have to talk to my partner over here, Prater, find out when when the hell that has happened, because never since I've been in this town. And as far as the other scores right now, Memphis will move on to play Gonzaga, who struggled in the first half with uh, Georgia State. It was a two-point game, but then uh, apparently Mark Few ripped Gonzaga players' butt, and they uh, came out and responded in the second half, 93-72. to So a uh, 21-point victory for the Zags, and they will move on. Drew Timmy had 32 points in that game. Other games in progress right now, we've got uh, North Carolina leading Marquette, 87-59. Earlier today, Michigan upsets, I guess. They were 11 seed over Colorado State, the 6 seed, 75-63. Providence beats South Dakota State, 66-57. And um, it was Baylor over Norfolk State, 85-49. Tennessee over Longwood, 88-56. Richmond upsets Iowa the Spiders 67 to 63 and don't forget uh, following this edition of Idaho Sports Talk we will go back to our NCAA tournament coverage uh, right here on Sports Radio the Ticket your home for March Madness right here Prater so yes, some sir. good stuff there yes sir College of Idaho they had a pretty good day today though they beat uh, Grace College 71-66 that was the NAIA Sweet 16 in Kansas City they had four uh, players in double figures. They will now move on to play Saturday morning against the winner of uh, number one seed Loyola of Louisiana and Faulkner of Alabama. Some uh, rumors, I guess, coming out of Atlanta radio stations that maybe uh, Deshaun Watson maybe going to be traded to the Atlanta Falcons. Still waiting on any sort of word there, but uh, that now, might JP, be something to you, keep an eye on. JP, you yes. use the word rumors. When a news organization puts out a, 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 I guess, a report, it's not a rumor, it's a report. You know, um, news, news yeah. organizations don't like to deal in rumors. This is true. I was looking... It could, it could be wrong, but it's a report. Okay, it, you're right. You are right. There are reports that Deshaun Watson has trade uh, waived his no-trade clause, could end up with the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, Warriors superstar Steph Curry reportedly out three weeks now after uh, he suffered a sprained foot last night and lost to the Celtics. Curry injured when he uh, he got his leg rolled up on by Celtics guard Marcus Smart, who was diving for a loose ball. Uh, Steve Kerr, Warriors coach, he did not like the play by Marcus Smart. Uh, it's a game of runs. I'm sorry, that was not Steve Kerr. This is Steve Kerr. I thought it was a dangerous play. I thought I thought Marcus uh, dove into Steph's knee, and, I, and that's what I was upset about. Um, a lot of respect for Marcus. He's a hell of a player, gamer, um, competitor. I coached him in uh, the World Cup a few summers ago. Um, we talked after the game. Um, you know, we're, we're good, but I thought it was a dangerous play. You know, just let him know. Unfortunate incident for Golden State. We just talked about this a couple of days ago that Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry were all on the same all on the court together for the same time for the first time in one thousand and five games. So it lasted wow. about days. it days. lasted a, or, oh days. You're right, days. That would have been a long time. <laughs> yeah. one thousand and five <laughs> days. 
They were together for, what, two or three games. Now this happens, and all the headlines are saying that Steph Curry is expected to be back in time for the playoffs. I don't think we'll see him the rest of this regular season. Jeez, yeah, that's a big for the NBA. Uh, that's a big loss there, and see if Golden State can keep that thing going. Hard to imagine, but like next on the on the sports calendar, Prater, we got March Madness the next few weekends, and then after that, it's kind of, hey, welcome to baseball in the NBA playoffs. The Masters, the Johnny, the Masters is uh, oh, a month wait. away. Can't wait for the Masters. I'm with you there, JP. I'll be excited. And JP, you you, you did it again, man. You what, throw I got in, in your golf. golf. Sure. I love it. We got we we need to get a golf store or a golf course to sponsor our news update. We should golf courses. JP would love to talk about you. <laughs> Absolutely. Good stuff, JP. Um, yeah, well, maybe more on that Watson thing at 5.30 tonight, JP. I got some stuff I wanted to say on that. But next, Biscuit and Hogs, 50 bucks. You can't beat that. You can take probably three or four people with you with the $50 gift certificate to Biscuit and Hogs that we are going to give you. All you have to do is call 208-424-9300. Call that number right now. And participate in Rock Jocks and Pop Culture, and we'll hook you up with that prize. You just got to get two questions correct. It's our trivia. We love doing it. We're going to do it on this Bracketology Thursday. So, yes, call that number. Play Rock Jocks and Pop Culture. When we come back, we'll play KTIK the ticket. Idaho Sports Talk presents Rock Jocks and Pop Culture. There's a 2% chance you'll hear a Back to the Future reference at some point. Now, here's Johnny on Sports Radio 95 3 FM and 1350 AM. The ticket. All right, appreciate the folks at Advanced Heating and Cooling. It's crazy, but you're going to start turning on your AC units before you know it. We'll tell you about those guys in a bit. But next, let's get some rock jock and poppage going here. Your favorite radio trivia game, Tim in Nampa, our glorious contestant today, Tim. Hey, Tim, welcome. Are you you bummed about the Broncos? Totally. All right, I so you'll be a my PR year. Yeah, you sound sad, Tim. It's <laughs> tough, man. Did you go to work today? Oh yeah, I did. Okay, I was able right. to watch some of it on the computer at the office. That a boy, man. You know, I heard a statistic yeah. that like today and tomorrow are two of like the lowest productivity days in America right. every year when it comes to business. Um, so and that's kind of cool. Appreciate your commitment there, Tim. Um, all right, man. You got three questions. Prater and JP service lifelines. Two of them correct. We'll hook you up with 50 bucks of breakfast at Biscuit and Hogs. Here we go, Tim. You said. Yeah. All right, here we yeah, go. Yeah, that'd be great. Tim, which legendary rocker famously bit off the head of a live bat? I do believe that was Mr. Ozzy Osbourne. It is my understanding that we're supposed to play ball. Good stuff, Tim. Good stuff. Next one. You're you guys probably everybody in their everybody in their whole world probably knew that, right? That's what happens when ball game forgets to come up with the questions of rock talk and pop culture up until fifteen minutes before we go on the air, Prater. Hey, nice. <laughs> so that was today. One for one for one. Nice job. Um, Tim, Jocks, in the history of the NCAA tournament, Tim, what team won the first ever? 
NCAA Men's Division One Basketball Tournament. First one ever. Who won it? Oh, wow. What decade was it? Can you tell me that? Tim, 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 you've listened. You you don't get extra <laughs> clues, right, Johnny? No extra right. clues. Yeah, All we're not right, doing the extra track. clue thing anymore. Yeah, All people right. were upset about so, that. It's going to be a total guess, but what comes to mind, obviously, would be like Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina. So I think I'll have to use a lifeline. And let's go with Mike. How about the Oregon Ducks in 1939? Hmm. Wow, sounds like he's confident with that answer. JP, we got it. It is my understanding that we're supposed to play ball. Does it get extra credit for the year? Wow. It was, th- it was 1939, huh? Yeah, it was 1939. Yeah, I, I read yeah, there was a book that... Yeah, Prater <laughs> coming in in the clutch right there. Well, Damn right. Damn right. My brother went to Oregon. He tells me about that every year. <laughs> Yeah, it is. I, the, I, I uh, had no idea. Well, now you know, Tim. You're never going to forget that again, nope. are you? Nope, never. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, the Ducks in 1939. I read a book on that. There was like six, seven, or eight teams at the whole tournament that year. And the NIT was the bigger right. tournament at the time. And I believe I'd have to go back and check. University of Utah may have even won the NIT that year. The same in 39? Yeah. I'll wow. Double, I'll double check on that for you. I didn't even think the NIT was around in 39. No, the NIT was way bigger deal than the NCA for a long time. All right. So I, All right, I was Tim. Working in, I was working in Eugene, Oregon a couple of years ago when Boise State upset ranked Oregon. And I was at that game. And I had nice. to the next day to see the Foo Fighters in Napa. So that was 2018. It's a hell of a time. All right. <laughs> it's a great Here story. You go. Yeah. Tim, happy St. Patrick's yeah. Day, by the way, Tim. Um, so you, Johnny. Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones starred in this St. Patrick's Day movie thriller. Hmm. It's about St. Patrick's Day? Not telling. Not telling. Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones starred in this St. Patrick's Day movie thriller. That movie, uh, I'll take take a guess without the lifeline. I should probably use um, JP, but was it the fugitive? Say that again. Was it the fugitive? JP, we got a wall of famer. It is my understanding that we're supposed to play ball. Yes, if you remember, now, not like it's a St. Patrick's Day movie, but there was that pivotal scene when Harrison Ford was getting away from the U.S. Marshals, and he went to the Chicago, downtown Chicago, St. Patrick's Day parade, put on the hat and kind of incognito camouflaged himself and and was able to get away. Um, Hey, I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. I love that line. Uh, The Fugitive. Tim, well done. Hey, thank you. Thank you. The Wall of... 
Wall of Famer today, The Fugitive. You seen that, Prater? I mean, that's a good one. I did not see that one. Okay, yeah, that's you have such a good movie list coming. Like <laughs> when you get to the nursing home and you like can't move around and you can't write or you don't want to write and you just want to lay there by yourself and do nothing, you're going to be more entertained than anyone else in the nursing home because you're going to go into the dinner at like 2:45 in the afternoon. It's like meatloaf night and you're going to hobble into the <laughs> dinner at the nursing home and you're going to say uh hey i just watched top gun that movie is awesome and they're going to say prater it came out in 86 you just watched it you're 86 years old you're going to say yeah man and i'm going to watch back to the future next ball game i've seen top gun i have not seen top uh, back to the future when that happens what's the first movie i need to watch oh that's too hard of a question i'd have to think about that All if right. i could pick my prater to watch one movie one more. You guys text that. If Prater's going to watch one movie, because remember, let's just think about it. He hasn't seen most of them. So text <laughs> that in, the one movie that you think Prater should watch first. And, you know, like I said before, crazy, but you're going to be turning your AC on pretty quick. And you can't just turn your AC on without touching it the last six months. So you're going to want to call advanced heating and cooling and have them come out there, take a look, and just make sure everything's a-okay because the worst thing you can do is have something happen wrong with your AC in like July or August. And I know, we're St. Patrick's Day right now. July and August will be here in like three weeks. I swear. It's going to creep on up. All right. Boise State basketball. Let's talk about your emotions and how much is there to build on with this program. Next. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. All right, what's going on and welcome. What do we have, a Thursday edition, 5 o'clock Mountain Time. Appreciate you guys. Hasn't been the greatest of sports days, but happy St. Patrick's Day. Maybe you guys are headed to the pub. You're going to have... Oh, man. Um, what's that drink, Prater? How did I forget it? I have not... I guess college was a long... Oh, an Irish car bomb. Oh. Have you ever had an Irish car bomb, dude? Yes, sir. Oh, they're so nice for St. Patrick's Day. It's it's a shot glass. You use the shot glass. It's half Jameson whiskey or yep. Irish whiskey, half um, Bailey's mix. Yep. And then you have a glass of... Guinness. Guinness beer, and you drop the shot in the glass, and you drug it... I've never had anybody beat me in an Irish car bomb chugging contest, and I guess like that's my one shining moment. But you, you can probably chug them faster, but based on about four years ago, I can promise you I can drink more of them. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah, I'll give you that. You can probably handle some more. I mean, God, double digits ball game. Double do, digits. If you, man, if you're having Irish car bombs in the double digits, that's a hell of a night. Like, oh my, that's a even worse. You know, they say March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. March 18th might be, you know, St. Hangover's Day. Yes. Right? Because uh, we've probably certainly nursed a lot of those. You guys, don't be a moron tonight. Don't be the yahoo who goes out on St. Patty's and ends up getting a Dewey or something stupid. So be be, be be safe. Celebrate accordingly. Happy birthday, JP. A St. Patrick's Day birthday. Boy. Thank you, Johnny. I appreciate that very much. 
We want to hear from you guys. 208-424-9300. And as I said, Prater, it wasn't the best of days for the Boise State fan. A lot of dudes, they're hopping in their rig. They're headed home on a Thursday or headed somewhere to celebrate St. Patty's and somewhat, you know, maybe wash away some sorrows from a 64-53 loss this morning-ish to Memphis. Tough one. A couple of observations from today beyond the game. We'll dive into that, and we certainly want to dedicate these next 30 minutes to you guys. Text messages, phone calls, we want to hear from you. But I was a little disappointed that the Moda Center was uh, 25% empty today. A little disappointed there. That never happens in Boise, Idaho. And if you're looking for a little bit of good news ball game on the flip side, because I think Saturday is going to be different. If you're a Boise State fan and you wanted to go to the game against Gonzaga on Saturday, this may have cost this may have saved you a couple hundred bucks because that ticket, my friends, was going to be a very expensive ticket. The Gonzaga fans are absolutely going to just t- take over this city, take over the Moda Center. Yeah. And a Boise State Gonzaga ticket would have cost you a lot of cash. Oh, so good Bo- one. Boise State fans, if you're looking for one shiny little piece of good news, you saved a couple hundred bucks on Saturday. Yeah, and that, that stadium, though, all the people that are flying from Spokane probably tonight or tomorrow we're driving getting ready for that one that'll be a big crowd tomorrow at yep. Moda Gonzaga um, good for them uh, Memphis will will challenge them I think Memphis is I mean Georgia State gave them all they could today Gonzaga pulled away I think they might have even covered like a 20 point spread or something but uh, no more Boise State Prater alright we want emotions I want 208-424-9300 on the Fat Guys First Deli Hotline who's going to be first to call this segment I will say this will give you a free KTIK t-shirt. You get a Prater in the Ball Game t-shirt to call in and share your emotions uh, with this Boise State loss. Now, I mentioned uh, last segment, Prater. Well, you know, Prater, what's the one movie he needs to see? Yes, yes. And, and we're asking for Boise State texts. We get a couple. We ask about Mike Prater at the movies. We get like fifty, you know. And now I mentioned an Irish car bomb. I get ten texts on Irish car bombs. Like our listeners are freaking jokers, man. We're gonna get back at it tomorrow. Let's focus on Boise State basketball today. I promise you, Johnny and I are gonna drive through the night tonight. We're gonna get home in the middle of the night. We're gonna get a couple of hours sleep. We'll wake up tomorrow morning punch drunk, and you guys will all be hungover. And we'll get after the silly stuff tomorrow. But come on, guys. Focus, focus, focus. God, I even had a guy text the show LJ saying, dude, I bought you Irish car bombs on St. Patrick's Day at Mingles 15 years ago in college. Shout out to LJ. Tim, you are first up on the Fat Guys Fresh Deli Hotline. All right, Tim, I just want your emotions of today, this season. What are you first thinking? Day, What's going off, through your head, man? Uh, yeah, well, first off, nothing wrong with an Irish car bomb. All right, let's get that out of the way right off the, right off the bat. But <laughs> secondly... And secondly, I want to extend a congratulations to the team. I think even though it wasn't a great day, it was, it was a great season. I don't think you can deny that it was a great season. Maybe not a magical season, but certainly a, a great one with the first championship and everything. And my takeaway, not just from today, but from the first three days so far, is that maybe we convinced ourselves that the Mountain West was a little bit better than it was. Maybe, maybe, uh, we got, you know, we were just, I'm not even sure outside of Boise State, the other teams, how many how many tournament teams, the Mountain West teams, I know we didn't beat, I don't think we beat anybody in the tournament except within our conference. And, you know, now we're 0-3. I'm kind of hoping, I'm pulling for San Diego State now. And I, I guess I'm, I, I, I walked away thinking, man, well, maybe maybe our conference wasn't quite as good as we as we thought it was. 
I, I would thoroughly agree with that. We talked about that early, and I think you're spot on, dude. I think you're 100% right on. And we talked about how ways to get that better and how Boise State can benefit from that, how the Mountain West can benefit from that. Uh, I think this is a humble day for Boise State and the Mountain West, and yes. they need to spend the offseason trying to figure out how to get better. But back to your original point, it was a good season. Let me ask you this, John, before we get to John. Did I just call you John? I called you Mike earlier today, too. It's weird. We're in Portland. We're in a foreign studio. All of a sudden, this is this is Idaho Sports Talk with Mike and John. <laughs> we, we showed up at work on Tuesday morning, and, and we've been inseparable ever since, so maybe we're rubbing off on each other. Yeah, we are, man. We've <laughs> we, been hanging out a lot. I haven't lost you for three days. You haven't lost me for three days, and we're going to drive home tonight. My point is, this is Leon Rice's 12th season. This might be the first offseason he felt good about his basketball team. I'll give you that. And we're going to talk earlier, too. Prater wanted to know, first off, Randy is up next. Let's get to more calls here. Randy, emotions. Boise State season is over. What's going through your head, bud? Well, I'm disappointed they lost. I was really rooting for them. It's been a great season, though. Congratulations to Coach Rice. What an awesome job. And the whole team, a bunch of overachievers. I just wanted to point out that the team they lost to today has played in two championship games, been in the final four three times, and the Elite Eight six times. And then Colorado State, who did they lose to? They lost to Michigan. Mm-hmm. National champions. But but today and had nothing to do with those teams. Today was about the rosters that are on those teams today. I agree 100%, but it's the pedigree. Who did Wyoming lose to? Indiana. Indiana. Yep, national champions. And 40 years ago. <laughs> oh, no. Not that long ago, Prater. No, not when you were 10 years old, no. But it's all about how the world is working with uh, college sports right now, and it's going towards monetary, oh, man, how much can we make? And all of those programs have a ton of more money than our uh, uh, Mountain West Conference has. Just plain and simple. Are you kidding me? Colorado State, Wyoming, and Boise State? I mean, we don't have the finances to compete, and it's getting further and further, just like the football program. Everything is heading the wrong direction to me, and I'm disappointed about all that because it's college sports, and it's supposed to be about competition and not – you know, this likeness deal. You know, the Alabama quarterback, he was from uh, modern day high school. L.A. Yep, yep. Modern, modern day in, in Orange County. He had a million dollars worth of stuff coming in before he even enrolled in Alabama. And that's insane. And that's only going to make the divide become insanely huge. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure... The uh, Power Five is going to just say, hey, all of you other guys, go away. We don't want to play with you no more. Thanks for the call, Randy. That's, I mean, that's a dark cloud if there's a dark cloud on a day with a dark cloud on St. Patrick's Day with this loss. And you would hate for the separation of football right now to kind of dribble its way into basketball. I don't think it's there yet. I mean, Richmond beat Iowa today. There's still going to be upsets. Um, but certainly those powers, those programs he's mentioned. And Indiana, real quick. I believe the last championship they won was in 1987. 
So okay. quick, Prater Math tells me that was that was 35 years ago. I was off five years. Yeah, yeah, you were See, a lot closer. That's to not it. why Indiana beat Wyoming this week. The only thing I liked about that last phone call, and he's a thousand percent right, was about the money. And I saw somebody tweet today, and I don't know how accurate it is, but I guess I, I guarantee you it's in the ball game that Memphis has an 11 to 12 million dollar basketball budget. Boise State has somewhere between a three and a four million dollar basketball budget. I think name, image, and likeness is very, very good. The growth and the money is not going to be good for the Boise states of the world, but um, that's just that's life. That's America. That's capitalism. Let's not get into that stuff, ball game. But that's that's the world we live in. Um, looking ahead, you know, how much is there to build off this program in your mind, Mike Prater? Because you don't want this to be one of those. Hey, this was an all or nothing year. This we're we're, we're built this program built to finish this year, and then you got to start all over. And some college programs have to do that. That's clearly not the case when only one player on your team actually has no chance, eligibility speaking, to come back. They can run it back with all these kids. They got the big commit from uh, what he's one of the top commits they've had. Uh, Njang, I can't remember Mbamba, can't remember his name, but maybe he comes in. Maybe he's ready to play right away. But other than that, I mean, you would think that this season you get to the tournament, you knock on the door a little bit. They were a little bigger, faster, stronger, maybe a little more prepared. I thought earlier they took this game from Boise State. Good for them. But how much there is? How much left is there to build off this thing? You just said Leon Rice for the first time in twelve years goes into an off season extremely excited about what happened and where his program is. Why? Abu Kijab was the only player in the locker room hugging, crying, hugging coaches, crying, doing all that kind of stuff. Abu Kijab is gone. You'll never see him in another Boise State uniform again. There are five other seniors on this team. And, of course, we have to deal with the super senior proje- uh, process here now with this basketball team. Uh, talking to B.J. Rains and doing the Bronco Nation news with our partner uh, report this morning, he told me that um, Milner and who was the other one? Najee Smith, Mid- I believe. Mid- Milner and Najee Smith are committed and guaranteed to come back. So that leaves you with Marcus Shaver maybe come back. That leaves you with Armouche. I think that's going to be a personal decision about what he wants to do with his life and where he wants to play basketball. And then you got the big one in ACOT. ACOT's the big one. A, that that might be the 50-50, and I'm just guessing in his mind he maybe no one is gone. I don't know. I have a sneaking suspicion that Boise State's going to lose Key Jab and ACOT, and then they're going to bring in some of these other recruits and have a pretty darn good nucleus to this basketball team. I think that there is some promise and some hope with this basketball team, but it can't just be the roster. It's got to be the infrastructure. It's got to be the cash. It's got to be Jeremiah Dickey. It's got to be Marlene Trump. It's got to be the schedule. It's got to be a lot of different things that Leon Rice has got to analyze. So I think this is a good offseason for him. He has a chance to build. He can go off and recruit, but uh, there's still a lot of work to be done with this program ballgame. You know, we're going to look ahead, and uh, we we didn't want to look ahead in hour number one because we kind of wanted to keep it in the moment. You know, they just lost a couple of hours ago. But we wanted to look ahead at about 5.15. So we want to ask you, too. I want your opinion on this, guys. Prater said, this team, it's time Leon Rice calls Mark Few at Gonzaga, and he calls Tommy Lloyd at Arizona, two of his best friends, not only in coaching, but just in his life. And he says, Tommy, Fewy, 
I need you to schedule a game with me in the non-con because I have to get my team more prepared for what they saw today in Memphis. Bless your little heart, the Mountain West. San Diego State has a lot of ballers, but they don't look like that Memphis team. That was on a different level of physicality. And Prater, it took them a half to figure them out. You know, they figured him out in the second half. It could have went either way. And is it time that Leon Rice says, because you think Few and Tommy Lloyd would play Leon, they're boys, they'd grant him that game if he wanted it, right? What do you have to say about that? Would that help this program in any capacity? 208-424-9300. Should Leon make those calls and schedule those opponents? Prater, what's up? All right, before we go to break, I'll just say this, ball game. I think a couple of 15- to 20-point losses and just getting your ass physically beat up in the regular season, let's say October, November, December, whenever they want to play, November, December. November, December would make them a better basketball team in March. There's no doubt about that. that. Let us know, 208-424-9300. We're going to take those calls, read those texts, have that conversation. What's next? Looking ahead, how can Boise State capitalize off what you saw today? Let us know. We're Prater on the ball game. This is Idaho Sports Talk, KTIK, the ticket. We've got your workdays covered. Jim Rome at 10, Rich Eisen at 1, and Prater in the ball game at 3. Eight hours of the best sports talk on Sports Radio, the ticket. By the way, we are on Spotify now. So all you hipster Spotify geeks, find Prater in the ball game there. Prater, another way to access this brilliantly structured program. Nice! <laughs> now if we could just get a song recorded and put it on Spotify, it'd even be better about that. Love it, man. 208-424-9300. Fat Guys Fresh Deli Hotline. What's going on, guys? Uh, how does Boise State build off this program? Let's look ahead. Prater said, only a boo. Only a boo key jab is gone. You can bring everybody back. You might lose a couple of dudes. How, what does this do for recruiting? What should this program do to win an NCAA tournament game? Because now it's 0-8, right? This team is 0-8. The last time it played an NCAA tournament game before today was 2015. Right, Boise State fan? You want to wait another seven years? What would that no. be, Prater? 2029? No. Before they play in another tournament game? Oh, hell no, right? You don't want to do that. Well, how do you prepare yourself when you can get back? Because you're in the Dagenhart era now, right? You got Tyson Dagenhart on year one, kind of borrowed time, house money. He's going to be a tremendous player moving forward. I saw more Dagenhart shirtsies in the Moda Center today than all other players combined. I hope he got a nice little NIL chiggity check, Prater. Tyson Dagenhart did, but to get back, and not just get back to be back, but to get back to actually win a tournament game, what are they going to have to do? Tons of texts coming in. Love you guys. We'll get there in essentially, Prater, but um, we talked about it. Well, you know, Looking ahead, what, what does this program need to do to get over that hump, man? The only time in the history of Boise State basketball they've gone to back-to-back NCAA tournaments was 1990 and 1994. That's, That's it, huh? 30, 28, whatever years you, long, long ago in terms of Boise State putting this back together. I don't know if Boise State has to get back to the NCAA tournament next year, but I will say this, and I don't think Tyson Degenhardt's going to be headed into the NBA anytime soon. He might work his way into a nice little niche role in the NBA based on the progress that he's making. And and that's certainly four his talent. years away, though. But it yeah. is four years away. In these four years, 
I think Boise State has to get to the NCAA tournament three times. One's in the books, okay. and you got three years left. In those three years, they've got to go twice because you're right. The Tyson Dagenhart window is special. The Tyson Dagenhart addition to this basketball team is a difference maker, and this is going to be his team moving forward. Even if ACOT comes back, okay. Tyson Dagenhart is going to start to take over this basketball team, yep. and he's going to be the face, the voice, the yep. leader, everything about this basketball team. Ball game, they need to go twice in the next three years. And you know what? I don't think anybody would mind if it was three for three. Let's get that first caller out of the way. This is Selvi on the line. He's BJ Reigns' next door neighbor, and he's with us right now. Selvi, what's up, man? Bring it. Hey, boys. Hopefully, you're having a great time in Portland. Uh, I honestly think that, I mean, the game itself today, watched it. Um, I don't know. The boys, I think the first half played bit scared for whatever reason but uh, in my opinion we need them um, seeing that uh, only three guys got playing time in, in the whole game off the bench compared to Memphis's six or seven um, I think that maybe was a difference maker uh, just uh, listening to Penny Hardaway talk about uh, strategy he strategically played his bench to wear out Boise State players so um for the future, I think that uh, coaching staff needs to recruit more um, more ballers, people that can um, kind of come in, uh, give the other guys a break uh, when things are not going as good. Uh, Shaver was just completely off today. I don't know if he was hurt uh, at that one play. Um, so uh, when Armouche was hurt for a little bit again, uh, coming in. So I think the biggest thing needs to be depth, uh, need to have more like uh, Frazier said, uh, maybe playing uh, tougher opposition here and there. Uh, get the spanking. Lose 10, 15, 20, you know. Um, comeback almost completed. Unfortunately, there at the end, uh, Deggy losing that ball. Uh, but I think overall, uh, we as fans should be satisfied with the season. Uh, not all is lost, in my opinion. All right, thanks, Selby. Good stuff there. Selby, that's a good call, and you're not wrong with any of that, but I would come back and say this. Boise State outscored Memphis by eight points in the second half. We've said all season long that depth is an issue with this basketball team, and depth is an issue with this basketball team. But, you know, in in the second half, Boise State looked like it belonged. They outscored them by eight points, even when Memphis was throwing player and player and player and player and player at Boise State, and they were able to respond. I I think they just had the the deer-in-the-headlight looks in that first 10 minutes of this game, the first 15 minutes of this game. I don't know if I contribute that to depth. So I'm not sure depth played that big of a role in today's game, but depth is absolutely an issue with this program. It's one of those things, but there's a lot of really good programs out there that aren't the deepest of programs. It's just how you manage your program, and when you need to be deep, you you need to be deep, and Boise State has dealt with that all season. Tommy Boy is up next on the line. Tom, what you got, man? Welcome to Idaho Idaho Sports Talk, dude. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Um... You know, you talked about a lot of guys coming back next year except for one, and I hate to be the guy to throw us out there, but is this Leon's last chance to grab even a mediocre Power 5 job after having a successful season, good seed in the NCAA tournament, not the results that they wanted, but still everybody's very happy. Is he going to start thinking at his age, which he's on the wrong side of 60, right? Does he say, is he in a Coach Pete situation to say, if I don't take a Power 5 job now, I may not get it one for another couple years or at all? 
Oh, let me think about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, that scenario could easily play out. But I'll say this, and I just don't think Leon Rice is going to go anywhere. One, I don't think he's marketable. And two, I don't think he's really looking to get out of town. I think he loves town. He loves living in Boise. He he loves living on the river. He's got this beautiful lifestyle. He's got an amazing contract that he'll get nowhere else in this country other than money. They need to come up with some money. There's no doubt about that. I think Leon Rice deserves a little bit of a raise. This program deserves a big, big raise. But at the end of the day, I just don't think, and ballgame, talk me off the ledge here. I don't yeah. think Leon Rice is that marketable, even with the season that he his just had. His son has two years of eligibility left. Could take him with him. And his other son, the rumor is, will be on the team as early as this year. What? I there's don't want be, two Rice. There's going to be two Rice boys oh. on the team. I think Leon is staying put. But again, I'm not the AD of a Power 5 school that has a $1.8 million annual salary to offer. Leon makes about seven hundred grand. If you come on top of him with you know, 1.7, 1.6, 1.8, and you triple that sucker, double that sucker, then maybe Leon's going to do what Chris Peterson did and say, you know what, now is the time to go in that direction. But I think, you know, even if they lost Leon, you know, that would be a bite. I would trust Jeremiah Dickey to have basketball contacts, though, to you know recover the program, and who knows? Maybe even take it to a better direction. Who knows, man? But I would imagine, hell yeah, Leon Rice will be back. I, I think he will be back. He's 58 years old, by the way, and you just kind of sparked a little idea in my head, Paul. Game. About what? Jeremiah Dickey. Jeremiah Dickey, who I uh, had a chance to chat with him real quick this morning, and uh, uh, he's here doing some things and uh, watching the basketball team. But, um, you know, he was at Baylor last year. He, he was the uh, administrator in charge of the Baylor basketball program. And, and I think Baylor won today by 175 points in its first-round game. So Baylor basketball's got it going on, and if Leon Rice wasn't here, I guarantee you one of the first calls that he would make was to Baylor. Yeah, I've actually heard that Baylor has a, a top assistant that – you know, has a big relationship with Jeremiah Dickey, but obviously everybody wants Leon Rice to stay here. If this basketball program doesn't have Leon, it's because Leon wants to leave. And I don't think Leon wants to leave. I agree. I don't think he does either. Now, I wanted to get on the fact here, and what do you guys think about this sucker? You know, because in football, we always talk about the big primo opponent. Jeremiah Dickey could not call Notre Dame. He couldn't even call USC and say, hey, we want to play you in football and we're willing just to go there. You don't have USC. You don't have to make a return trip to Boise. We'll just do a one off where we come to the LA Coliseum and it's Boise State, USC for a non con football game. USC would say no. Okay. They did. They, 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 what you got? Vandals a few years ago. They went to USC. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did. Why, if, so if the Vandals can get down there, why can't Boise State? I think USC would rather, if they're going to play somebody like that, kind of a throwaway game, they certainly don't want to lose it, right? Yeah. And, and you're a guaranteed win when you play the Vandals? Uh, yeah, probably. I'm. By the way, I'm going to talk Vandals on my soapbox, so, so hang on. Of course there. you are! We're going we're gonna to get there in a second. But let me just say this one. In basketball... I think Leon could call Mark Few and call Tommy Lloyd at Gonzaga and Arizona very respectively and say, I need a one-off in non-con. I got to get my team ready to play a team like Memphis in the tournament. 
and I need to play you in some pre-Thanksgiving type of, or some frickin' early December whatever on a Saturday game, and I don't think even if you get your teeth knocked out, it's not going to be like, oh, well, you know, we can't put them in the tournament because they got their ass kicked by Gonzaga in Arizona. No. I mean, play those games. Get your team accustomed to that level of talent and ability in five-star recruits. The players even said after the game a little bit, like, it took them a while to get into this yes. thing. The players said that. And so this basketball program, uh, Prater, I can do that. I think they have the power to schedule those games, and maybe it's time they should. Boise State got into the NCAA with a loss to Bakersfield. So a loss to Gonzaga or Arizona is not going to hurt anything. Ball game, add one more to your list. You keep throwing out Gonzaga. You keep throwing out Arizona. Yeah. Why doesn't Jeremiah Dickey just call Baylor? Why doesn't Jeremiah Dickey call Leon Rice and say, oh, by the way, I'm adding Baylor to your schedule? Yes. On December 7th next year at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning, you're going to go to Baylor and get your ass kicked, but it's going to make you better in March. I would love that. This fan base would love that. People might fly down to see that game December 6th or December 7th. That's like after the Mountain West Championship game for football. So, heck yeah. yeah. What do you guys think to all this? Should the basketball program go in this direction and say, hey, we don't need a home-and-home. We'll come to you, but we need this preparation if we're going to get back to the dance and have to face something that we saw today like Memphis. 208-424-9300, Cloverdale Plumbing text line. Soapbox, Vandals, Zach Claus is keeping the job as your basketball coach. I'm soapboxing this sucker. Can't wait. Prater in the ball game. If you've got three minutes, we've got some self-important things to say. It's the 90-Second Soapbox with Mike Prater and Johnny Mallory on Sports Radio The Ticket. You know, I have it on good authority. I don't know if it's even out yet, whatever, but that the Vandals are not going to make a move at head men's basketball coach. Zach Claus has another year on his contract, and he's going to get the final year of his contract. I was told there would not be an extension but he's getting his final year. And I'll just say, hey, Boise State fan, you know, I'm not accusing you of like whining and crying or bitching or anything like that. But man, the stability you have in your programs, I'm envious as a Vandal alum. I wish Idaho had that type of stuff. Zach Claus is 18 and 67. He shouldn't be coaching the basketball team next year. And I think I have a lot of Vandal family members who would think the same thing. Uh, yeah, he won nine games this year. Uh, no, eight. I'm sorry, eight and twenty-four. Like that's not good enough. And, and for the university to say, well, we'd rather just pay him and hope that he turns it around, than fire him and bring somebody else in. I know coaches out there that want that job, that would take that gig. And you know what? They have a better resume in coaching than Zach Claus. For the fact that Zach Claus is getting year four in Moscow, and I like all those people there, but this is my job to say my opinion. I get paid for this opinion on the air, and it's my job. So I'm going to say on this, you know what? That's a poor decision in my opinion. Zach Claus, he's going to get a fourth year. And Vandal Basketball, I hope I'm wrong. And I hope they win the big sky in basketball. I hope I'm wrong. But a little disappointed in my Vandal family that Zach Claus gets a year for. God, get off it. Right now, Creighton is beating San Diego State in the NCAA tournament first round game 8-7. to 
and I'm a little bit worried about the Mountain West Conference. We've been talking about the Mountain West today and how bad this conference has become when it comes to basketball. And this was supposed to be a good year. Everybody said this is one of the best years that the Mountain West has ever had. Well, let me give you some numbers. The Mountain West has now lost 25 of its last 33 NCAA tournament games. In five of the last six tournaments, they've gone over and they've lost Eight in a row. San Diego State, you just took a 10-8 to lead. I need you to keep that lead. I need you to win this basketball game and carry the banner for the Mountain West Conference. I don't know what's going on with the Mountain West Conference and why it's so bad. The legendary writer out of San Diego, Mark Ziegler, who we've had on this show several times, I think he's one of the best writers in the Mountain West, put out a tweet earlier today talking about why is the Mountain West getting thumped in the NCAA tournament. His theory is that there's no good bigs in this league. It's hard to recruit bigs to a mid-major conference like this, but David Roddy was the player of the year, and he's a six foot five power forward. And Mark Ziegler pointed out that in the three NCAA tournament games that the Mountain West has already lost this year, they've been outscored 46 points in the paint and out-rebounded by 29. That didn't necessarily happen with Boise State today, who kind of held its own. So that tells me that, that Wyoming and Colorado State are just getting their butts kicked all over the place. Boise State, you got to find a bigger presence. Mountain West, you've got to find a bigger presence. You cannot keep this slide going. You've lost eight in a row in the NCAA tournament, and your track record for about the last eight years is horrible. The Mountain West, get your act together. Boise State, see what you can do this offseason. It was a good season. It just wasn't great. It's time for the Mountain West to get better. Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM, The Ticket. This Ticket Sports Update sponsored by Crave Delivery. Proud title sponsor of Johnny and Prater to Portland for the March Madness Tournament. And uh, I'll tell you what, um, thank them. We can't thank them very uh, enough. You guys, uh, I hope you had a good time. I wish you guys were staying an extra couple of days, though. I'm not, I, I don't want to see you guys tomorrow, but... Okay, good, because here's the thing. <laughs> Me and Prater were talking about it. I think we need to push the morning meeting back a couple hours because we're not going to get until fine. mega late. We can do that. We're, we're going to show up late tomorrow, two hours late at work. Oh, sorry, my button was pushed. We're going to show up late tomorrow, two hours late, JP. Right. And, and and unfortunately, we're showing up with a couple hundred dollars of uh, expense receipts. <laughs> okay, on to the uh, quick sports update here. Uh, first first uh, session of the uh, tournament today. If you're going by the seed lines, there were tip of, technically three up, uh, upsets. 11, Michigan over number 6, Colorado State. 12th seeded Richmond knocked off Iowa today. And it was, of course, number 9, Memphis over number 8, Boise State. We're going to go to uh, March Madness uh, games again here in about 17 minutes on Sports Radio The Ticket. So stand by for that. I love it. Feedback finale. Man, we might have a record of text messages throughout this show. JP, you got a lot of material there to work with. Let's have a real solid feedback finale. Don't miss this final segment. We'll be right back at it. Prater in the ballgame, Idaho Sports Talk. I love ya. From the Beacon Plumbing Traffic Studios, this is Ticket Traffic. The good, the not so good. Long form, short form. Tell us who you are. Or be anonymous. We'll take it all. It's time for the feedback finale on Idaho Sports Talk on Sports Radio The Ticket. And it's sponsored by TGI Game Day, official provider of our new 95.3 FM t-shirts. Listen for your chance to win those on the air. If you need one shirt or 100 or 1,000, 
Google TGI Game Day. Give TC a call, and he will hook you up good. All right, lot to get to today on the Cloverdale Plumbing text line. Dave starts us off and says, hey, guys, is it me, or did Boise State just look unprepared in the first half of the game? Unprepared? No. No. No, that's a terrible take. That's just you, Dave. They shot poorly. Memphis was hot. What they shoot like sixty-eight percent in the first half? Memphis did. They were they shot was, excellent. Yeah, uh, well, probably one of the best halves they've had. And it took Boise State a while to get their legs right to be able to play with a team of that caliber and that and the athleticism. Uh, you know, we've all heard this stat. Memphis played twelve guys. I'm sorry, is it ten guys or twelve guys in the first half? Man. It was like a hockey line change they would have. And you couldn't tell. They all played the same and had the same type of skill set. And it took Boise State, in my opinion, a while to get their legs going. They did. They made it close. They probably could have won that game if a ball would have bounced differently a time or two here or there. Kevin says, amazing season. Very proud of this team and program. This is progress in the right direction for the future. I would definitely agree with that. But Build it, on it, though. Yeah, exactly. Take advantage of it. I always ripped on your Idaho Vandals in the 1990s where they had a successful football program, and they did nothing to take advantage of it. And now look at them. I mean, once you get into that dark side, it's so hard to dig yourself out of it. Boise State basketball is not on the dark side, and they lost a golden opportunity today, but that most of that opportunity still exists in front of them. Take advantage of this offseason. Upgrade your roster. Upgrade your budget. Upgrade your schedule. This texter says, this year represented the ceiling for Boise State basketball under Leon Rice. Don't get me wrong. He's an incredible person and coach. I just don't think he has what it takes to get Boise State basketball to the next level. To be fair, this might be as good as Boise State basketball gets, considering the quality of Mountain West basketball as a whole. Yeah, I don't buy I'm that I'm not either. sure I know where that, where that person is going because, you know, get Boise State to, the, to another level, like... Okay, yeah, that's what we're saying. I mean, to say that that's not a Leon Rice thing, I mean, he's got him pretty close. And um, build off what you have now instead of saying we need to blow everything up, start over with the hopes that the next era is going to win NCAA tournament games. My money stays here with this program and Leon, hoping that this can be the group that gets it done. Prater said, you have three more years of Tyson Dagenhart. Build around him, and you know what? Hopefully... By the time he's gone, you have that NCAA tournament win because it will do wonders. And this town, this fan base, they need it. Mike says, a great Tampa Bay sportscaster used to tell fans, you're all idiots. Sports can make me say stupid stuff sometimes, but there's no downside to this season. It will be a downer if next year is back to mediocrity. Hopefully recruiting will get a boost, more size and quickness. Please, Leon. Size, uh, yeah, definitely. You know, it's not just size either. You got to have some strength. You got to have some muscle. You got to be physical. Quickness, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this, this, I never once looked at this team and said they're not quick enough to compete. Ryan adds, "This season made me far more interested in BSU basketball from now on. It was a fun season to watch, but their weaknesses and inconsistencies were exposed today. The way they won was consistent across the year. Once it comes to a big moment like today, Leon's teams tend to show like what we saw." For the record, Leon Rice finished this month of March because you know his track record in March has always been bad. Four and two. Good for him. Okay. Yep. Um, Roy says, you guys are awesome, and I enjoy your show every day on my way home. Have a safe trip back to Boise. Why didn't you read that one first? 
Why didn't I read it first? Yeah. Well, I was saving it to kind of warm you guys up a little bit, I guess. <laughs> you guys are hitting the road uh, to get back home thanks to Crave Delivery. Um, let's see here. Austin, I feel, I, uh, feel the feeling I had after this game is similar to how I felt after the 2011 football loss to TCU that we had reached the absolute peak of what the football program could accomplish and we fell just short and we would never be able to get to that level. And uh, that's what I feel about this basketball program. This was undoubtedly the best season in school history. Everything can come together to allow them to finally have a breakthrough moment and make a run in the tournament, and they couldn't uh, get one tournament win. By the way, since my soapbox where I begged San Diego State to win a game, yeah, it was uh, they were losing when I started my soapbox. Now they're up by nine. I think they listened to Idaho Sports Talk in a halftime or in a timeout huddle. I think I think I, the only team Mountain West team I picked to lose in the first round was San Diego State. I don't know. Um, let's see. Where do we go here? Sheldon, play the Vandals again. The state needs this. Yeah, that'll help them with the physicality and getting better. Prater, ease <laughs> off, man. Come Jeez, on. Jeez, ball game. Look Come at the on. influence here. No, I, I would love for them to play the Vandals. Yeah, I know you would. They yeah. uh, play the Vandals every year in Idaho Central Arena. Make it happen. Make it happen. Make it happen. Right around Christmas. But that's Christmas. not going to make you better. But that's... Right around Christmas. Make it the final non-con game before you go into Mountain West play. The Vandal. I, I mean, work on that. The Vandals want to do it. I've talked to them. They want that game back, damn it. Give it to them, Sheldon. This texture says, we did play a big game against Washington State and St. Yeah, Louis. Yeah, Five yeah, years no. ago when they were setting the schedule, the Cougs and Bilps were good. Well, I don't think these games were set five years ago. And, and the right? Cougs weren't good five years ago either. They were no. good t- ten years ago. And playing Washington State's not what we're talking about. No. It's not the kind of team that's going to get you ready for the NCAA tournament Thank and play you. Memphis. Thank you. Come on, We're people. talking Gonzaga and Arizona. They're on a different planet and Baylor. than Wazoo and SLU. Get off it. That's all the time we have for because we need to uh, thank some people, especially the uh, fine folks at KXL in Portland, Oregon, for hosting you guys the last couple of days. They've been awesome. They've been yeah. spectacular. Yeah, and Crave Delivery, want to thank them for uh, hooking us up and uh, getting you guys down there. I hope you guys get a safe trip on the way back. Bring those we're receipts still... and give them to give them to somebody besides me. They're, we're still bringing those receipts. <laughs> get ready for a... Well, never mind. <laughs> back in the uh, RealPaint.com studio tomorrow. Gosh, wish I could just transport myself back to Boise right now. Maybe in a hundred years that'll be a thing. I don't know. Maybe that's something for us to talk about. Yeah, what sport of sports going to look like in a hundred years? I don't know. Boise State will have an NCAA tournament win by then. That I can guarantee you. We'll see you tomorrow, guys. I know sports talk. I love you. Sports Radio 95.3. Well, now I guess we're going to do a promo, huh?